0: Welcome to the weekend must watch on intercut the weekly show going through the movies TV and entertainment that people just can't cut away from I'm your co-host Arturo Zurita, and joining me to bring February movies back from the dead it will kind of <laughs> I, if you would come out of the movie which he's fresh out of <laughs> it might have been a different story I yeah. think he may be a bigger fan of the January movies than what we've been getting in February but Zach Zachary Shevich, joining me here to talk about the newest movies of the week. Even if they're not the best ones that are out there. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say like there's nothing
1: quite as dramatic newly released as like the final hour of the Super Bowl, and that, I know that's not our usual topic of choice on on this show, but it kind of feels like that that sucked the air out of the room of a, a lot of the cultural discussion this weekend, or maybe it's just that all the studios pulled their movies that. W- they thought would, you know, generate any kind of buzz outside of a Lisa Frankenstein, which is definitely for a completely separate demographic.
0: It is interesting, though, right, that January and February has been a dumping ground of bad movies, but we've never argued about them not being original. They're just bad. We've gotten this interesting mix where they're at least original. I don't think, I mean, other than Mean Girls, I guess, we have been getting Beekeepers. I guess that's an original action movie. Lisa Frankenstein is an original amalgamation, I mean, it depends whose uh, adaptive screenplay rules you're taking, as we've (laughs) discussed before. Uh, You can consider Lisa Frankenstein there. Out of Darkness is a pretty new one. I don't know if you had the chance to catch that, but that was doing some buzz out there as an indie. uh, Upgraded online. Perfect days. Finally had the chance to see it. So it's it's not the biggest months, but at least it's been original projects, and I think that's what's pretty interesting um, uh, about the stuff that's been out there. So I will give it that. Uh, Let's begin it, though. With Lisa Frankenstein, a movie that comes from director Zelda Williams. Do you know who Zelda Williams is?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's hard to mistake that name uh, given Robin Williams, the late Robin Williams' love for the Zelda video games. I, I did not realize that Zelda had aspirations for big screen film directing,
0: but mm-hmm. it, it, I'm kind of happy to see her here. I think uh, one of the more interesting things was. Uh, kind of seeing the amalgamation of different probably influences that she had being under her father Mm -hmm. so i kind of like i read you don't get named zelda williams and not be of somebody but she was talking about like being 34 and making it into the business and i was like oh that's interesting that said though when you're the child of like someone as massive as robin williams i don't think like you making it at 34 is as interesting as a regular person who never had the ability to do so right um I, I thought it was an interesting mix of things, and that's probably coming a lot from Diablo Cody's script. I also rewatched uh, a movie that they said where it was going to be connected to this movie, um, Jennifer's Body, again, leading up to this. I don't fully see it. Maybe I was sleeping during the connection <laughs> bit, but I guess it's just in the same zany world. Um, I don't think they really need to be connected the same way that Argyle didn't need to be connected that last week. Um, I am love it. I think something like Your Monster that we discussed out of Sundance is a little bit more interesting than this. But this mm-hmm. has become the year of the, the the monster that you have in your in your bedroom that you're hiding, um, mm-hmm. and uh, this is a decent version of that.
1: Yeah, I, I was maybe a little bit less into it than you were. I think there are moments in the script where you see that cleverness that Diablo Cody's known for. There's some bits that are pretty funny. There's a a few lines that are. Are worthwhile, but for me, where the movie kind of lost it is the balancing of tones, because it's got this sort of sweet high school love story thing going on, and then it's also like a pretty grim, cynical uh, comedy that, about like
0: gross de- undead things. And I just is never your really- that it jumps. Or is your problem that it doesn't balance transitioning between them? Because I feel like we've had movies we like that do that. Right, right.
1: I'm not opposed to it uh, in principle, but I just kind of feel like it's trying to have it both ways and doesn't do either particularly well or or in a way that I I jived with. It just sort of felt like uncomfortable in, in a way that feels very directed toward an audience that's not me and I'm trying to sort of divide my own personal reaction to it to the idea that I do think there's like an audience for this and I think Mm -hmm. you know like for, for an angsty teenager there's going to be a lot to really like appreciate about its sort of subversive take on like uh, you know, school and relationships at that age. But I don't know, I, I just did not find a whole lot to enjoy about it particularly. Like, I didn't think there was a lot that I that was very funny or a lot that I connected to dramatically. I know a lot of people really like Catherine Newton and she's like pretty good in this, but not, you know, it's certainly not the role that I will think of when I think of her. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it just didn't quite all connect to me
0: what's the role you think of when you think of catherine newton i mean probably uh <laughs> i don't know
1: the thing is i i wanted to say freaky but it is quantum now um
0: i'll give you big little lies because technically she's in that show yeah this is a you have warm bodies out there
1: yeah Go which it definitely feels like in the mode of
0: you have *Brighter Frankenstein. You have a lot of incarnations of this movie that's already uh, out there and is coming out. Like we mentioned, there are a bunch of movies that have played the festival circuits, especially the horror circuits that are going to be playing with this idea of the monster that you have. And really it being a form of you being able to come out of yourself. The flip here is that the Frankenstein monster is an old dude. So you have Cole Sprouse playing pretty much a non-speaking role. Even in these other movies that we're talking, there is a lot of back and forth. He is a mind. For 75% of this movie, I want to say, mm-hmm. uh, he doesn't really speak. And I thought that was a, an interesting approach to it. It's just a lot of makeup that's on him. Um, as you said, they jump through a bunch of different genres. She is also a part of a, a blended family. So she has a sister who, I, I don't know how you felt about her. She was like the very perky one, was trying to kind of yeah. add the com- a complete opposite energy to I thought to she Catherine, had good comedic awkward. timing. Yeah, She had good comedic timing. I'm curious to see what she does in the future. Totally. Here, it, like you said... Cole Sprouse and Catherine Newton, when they do interviews, are the most awkward people. For the people who wake up in the morning and get soothed by those awkward interviews, this is your movie. The Mm. intro is animated. The colors pop. The production design is insane. The the, the quotes that may not have worked for us, for somebody, it's going to be that quotable that they're going to have for the rest of the year.
1: Yeah, it definitely feels very like... In the in the spirit of Tim Burton, both visually and in terms of go. the substance of its story, but it, it definitely doesn't quite get to those levels at the uh-huh. same point. Agreed. Carla Cugina, though, I mean, she can do no wrong. She can yell at me all day. It's funny between her and uh, Laura Linney, who's in a movie we're going to talk about later. Like a. a big week for like great actresses playing mothers that you (laughs) would not want to have Yeah,
0: that is true damn okay so that is one connection that we have right there for Lisa Frankenstein Uh, we'll compare the two in terms of how they are for coming of age but go
1: ahead I was just gonna say, like you are giving some comparisons to things that are maybe a little bit more spiritually similar to this one. Yeah. the The other thing is that Poor Things is still in theaters, and that is like the superior to this kind of thing in in every way. Like, obviously, very, very different type of movie. (laughs) That's
0: when you deconstruct the peanut butter and jelly sandwich and come up with a brioche marmalade thing, right there. Yeah, that's superior for sure, for sure. But for like the regular mainstream crowd, I can see why there's going to be yeah the young adults who like this one. I am on the side that I. think your monster will be more for the horror fans because I, would you call this a horror it, it's it's that horror adjacent yeah um it's, it's more of well, you a comedy tim burton tim yeah tim burton is of like a...
1: visiting horror exactly it's more of like a quirky comedy with horror elements than it is a actual horror movie like i i can't think of a scary moment even even the things that would be considered scary, like kills or yeah. gore or
0: violence, are all played for laughs. Exactly. It's more disgusting than it is uh, yes. out of fear. Yes. All right, well, Lisa Frankenstein, I personally would give it a rent hit. I don't think you need to leave to the theater unless you're really yeah. excited for it. I think you can catch it in the comfort of your own home. Zach, I don't think is as high. Nah, it
1: I, went, sure. I went two stars on my Letterboxd review. <laughs> it's not for me.
0: All right, so uh, watch the trailer if it interests you. I'm sure it's going to be on VOD in like a couple of weeks, but uh, yeah. let us know if you're a bigger fan of this movie or a bigger fan of the, I guess, spiritually connected one, which is Jennifer's Body. Um, look. Have you rewatched Jennifer's Body? <laughs> no, I have not. Okay. Well, if you do, we'll have a conversation.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we'll bring Amanda on for that one. Uh,
0: that, yeah, that, that would be a good talk. I know she just rewatched it as well. Um, but going from Lisa Frankenstein to a movie that I know was on a lot of people's double bills, Lisa Frankenstein, and then obviously... Perfect Days, the yeah, uh, international nominated Academy Award picture that is actually Japan's submission, even though it is directed by, what is Vim? German?
1: Vim Vendors? Uh, yeah, he's German,
0: I believe. This man has directed the movie of this year that I would call The Drive My Car. You gave me a perfect example of, a, I can't call it a classic, but another director like Vim Venders who does the festival circuits and comes out with these peaceful, over two hours, almost reaching three hours meditations that while you're watching six films at a film festival, you're supposed to just stop everything and watch the toilet movie? I don't know about <laughs> that. But Perfect Days is a movie that if you had a matinee morning to go to an art house theater, you are going to be pleasantly surprised by a slice of life movie that I think on repeat viewings is going to stand out even more because it's a long one. But after you're out of it, you start talking about like, wait, shut up. We can't walk down the street without comparing our shadows (laughs) getting darker, right? It's Mm -hmm. one of those movies where you're just going through the motions of a toilet cleaner. And it's one of the best directed movies of the year.
1: Yeah, it it is a movie full of these like really wonderful small moments that... Uh, give you kind of this appreciation for life. You know, it's a very, very simple story, basically just about this Porter's routine in cleaning mm-hmm. these public toilets. But in in repeating this routine and spending this time, a lot of it very silent, it, it you know, you just sort of observe these little details and these things that alter a day or enrich a day. And, you know, when, you know, When you're going through your normal busy day and you listen to a song, it might be a thing that you just sort of have in the background and don't think about. But in the context of this movie, after, you know, several dedicated minutes of thoroughly scrubbing down uh, washrooms. Impeccable routine. then, 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 you know, carefully unfolding a beautiful egg salad sandwich. And then hitting play on that cassette tape, that song just hits a little bit differently and gives you like an appreciation for like the the beauty that uh, the, the the finer things in life can can add to an experience. Mm-hmm. I just it I feel so enriched by this movie.
0: Yeah, I'm sure you can go into it on a very tired day and just be like, okay, I just saw a guy cleaning stuff toilets. You get to learn a little bit about his relationships uh, within his workplace and a little bit out of it. But it seems very simple, but it is very profound. The comparisons yeah. between it, you kind of see it there in the trailer. What a beautiful... Honestly, the poster is so freaking beautiful. This idea of nature being at the top while he's there in clothes in his almost concrete little room. That he spends his days at the park staring at a tree while at the same time the tower he stares at on the way to work is the, the something tree. Uh, Like they also named it after a tree, but it's the sky tree, thank you. It's the complete opposite of the nature that he's looking at at the park that his place, uh, not to get into too much into it, because these are the details that you see in the movie but Mm -hmm. it's it's little subtle things of, like you were saying in his morning routine what he decides to take with him and what they, those items are reserved for. Just a a very well crafted movie. I I can't wait to revisit it again because I think it's in those little details that it it really starts to expand more and you start picking up uh, more out of it um but I, I hope people get the chance to catch this i know i had a very delayed release uh it did get the oscar nomination for mm-hmm. foreign uh or international film sorry so there should be a chance that people start getting it in some places i barely got it next to me but it is definitely worth the watch if you've had this one on your radar um you had compared it to patterson uh, yes. another movie that is very I, I don't even like using the word slow i, I think we have like patient. a meditative patient it You have to watch it. There's no other way to put it. We've all seen slow movies, but once you get to that slow movie with a purpose, that's when you become an adult. And Perfect Days is the most adult movie of the year. Catch it if you can. Uh, Full combo price for me.
1: Yeah, uh, I I was very excited to see that you finally caught up with this one. I believe you said that this was like the number one movie on your wish you had caught it before we did our best of the year last year. You think it would have made at least an honorable mention had you had the chance?
0: That toggle? didn't even have others on it. It was just the last <laughs> one. Like you know how infuriating that is? I wished there was a dozen more. No, it was this one. I think I might have still had it as an honorable, don't get me wrong. Yeah. I I I still like Patterson more.
1: Oh yeah, you'd still put that one ahead?
0: So I think because of that, if it would have surprised me that much and if it would have mm-hmm. been ahead Patterson, yeah, we would have had to have done some rearranging, maybe definitely would have peaked into the top 10, maybe 11. Um uh, I'm comfortable with it not being there but I definitely would have wanted to have given it an honorable mention
1: yeah might way way definitely we drive my
0: car another lengthy totally
1: ones. I definitely still want to give it a rewatch I, I like you would probably still put Patterson and drive my car ahead of it although it is Same. definitely like in league with movies like that um but it is so beautiful and and as we've sort of I think like talked around there's one scene in particular that happens toward the back half of the movie that I think just colors everything you see in a new light in, in just like the most beautiful way and I, I would like to again get that chance to revisit it with the knowledge of where it's going to
0: send it in the chat bro I gotta know what you're talking about because I'm thinking of another city <laughs> too there was a long take <laughs> they'll do the long takes right a lot of movies will just do a static shot of an actor but when that actor can act when you've been sitting through their routines and you see a, a switch up happen mm-hmm. all you need is a shot on them for a full song and I think it delivers uh,
1: <laughs> yeah fantastic. great
0: movie you brought Ewan you A.O., my favorite podcast, talking about my favorite movie from last year. Hey! I know I knew you had it in your top ten. I didn't realize it was, damn, all the way yeah. at top. I think Did Connor was another one that?
1: who really loved it. Uh, he said, Ewan might have caught it at a at a festival, festival or something contract. like that. Given, uh, But yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people really connected to Perfect Days, and hopefully more people will too as it yeah. now starts to expand its release.
0: 100%. The next one that I have, you said you didn't catch, so I'll keep it pretty brief here. But there is another movie out there that... Got a, like, super indie release. He's been working on this movie for a while. An indie filmmaker called Andrew Cumming, who made a film that takes place phew, at the, the, the Dawn of Man? Is that what it says? Dawn? Yeah. Hmm. Out of Darkness is, like, Sasquatch once they've, like, become human. Like, literally. It's the, the Sasquatch sunset story that we saw. <laughs> but you got a group of just, um, like, what is it? Three, two women, three men. Um, who are walking around just trying to stay out of the darkness because there may or may not be a beast out there and they don't know what it is. Uh, I think it is beautifully shot. I'm going to shout out one specific thing. There is a transition, Zach, that I, I cannot wait for you to watch. You may not even like the movie. Mm-hmm. This transition follows them walking through the forest and as it's following them this way, it stops and they're walking towards it. I don't like... There's no other way for me to explain the shot for you other than for you to see how he got them walking this way and in front in the same take. Some beautiful imagery here. But the story isn't the strongest it could be. Um, I'm not going to say that it's a bad story, but it's one where, like, the characters make mistakes that you're not supposed to blame on the writer. You're just supposed to go... I mean, they were they were so old back then. They didn't know what they were doing. <laughs> They're cavemen. Damn yeah. I, I heard they made up a language for this. I heard that it's Ooh. supposed to be this AI-generated language that the actors then learned, so it made it mm. seem like they were in a completely different time. Um, I do find that interesting. I think there's a lot of effort put into the costumes and such, but they look very modern. I think it has that same critique that something like Prey got, where people were a little iffy of like, oh, is it because it's minority characters? I can tell you right now, those haircuts were not had back in the day. I know how some of these need to be kept. I think that was a criticism that you know got a little wavy, turny, but they they do make them look a little too modern. But the budget that this had and the product that they were able to make out of this, I thought was pretty interesting to get it out into theaters. For most people, they may be curious when it when it hits Netflix or something like that because this has a fraction of the budget for sixty five. The one that uh, what's his name was in Adam um, Driver. <laughs> And I think this might be doing better than that one did. So, awesome. Out of okay. Darkness, a little indie movie out there just to to give it a little shout out if you were yeah. curious about it. I'd give it, a, it an average rent it for me.
1: It is funny that you compare it to Sasquatch Sunset. I heard that if you see this theatrically, they have a trailer for Sasquatch Sunset attached to it.
0: They did. I'm so glad yeah. you mentioned that. And that might be why I had connected it immediately. <laughs> Dude, I don't know where it is. It is an incredible trailer for Sasquatch. All our favorite jokes are in there.
1: Oh, man. I can't wait it's for okay. that to come online. Um, uh, apparently, Bleak is releasing. Screen, I think, yeah, yeah, Not yeah, fine. in in April. So, um, really, but just, oh, okay. Uh, but just speaking about Out of Darkness, um, in terms of the the tone of the movie or the feel of the movie, uh, you mentioned Prey. Is it is it sort of similar to that and that kind of like ominous threat with minimal dialogue going on, or is there maybe a better point of comparison?
0: No, it's because it's also to the extent of who is going to be the leader who's going to fight this monster? Is mm. it our lead female character who feels that the circles that she's... yeah? It's literally the same, thing. I'm not... <laughs> it, it's through and through. I, even with Sasquatch, without getting too much into Sasquatch, a very similar thing of who is leading the small little tribe right. as they're going through the wilderness. So, um, again, it's a, one to add into the list if, you, if you're a fan of those types of movies. If not, this may not be the one for you. But totally. Out of Darkness, out in theaters right now one that's at home that i almost didn't have uh, on my radar until people kept talking about it because this thing had an 80 percent on rotten tomatoes and for a oh. rom-com to have 80 percent on rotten tomatoes that to people is damn near an oscar this is an amazon prime movie about a uh, woman who takes a job and of course as she's on her way over to this job comes across a very very rich dude who may or may not be kind of connected to this job position that she's about to take, but may also be her future lover. Uh, I'm blanking on where he's from. I think he's from the... a Netflix show um, that probably got cancelled as well so he <laughs> yeah. he was available to work but we've seen uh, Camila do a bunch of these movies for every service if you've got one she's got you bro let's count them down we got one for Hulu over here do revenge right I care I think this one was Netflix's this one's primes this is another Netflix one she will give every streaming service one of these little rom-coms over here um, just to get everybody uh, give everybody a piece but I think out yeah. of a lot of the Riverdale people she still has a successful route. Like, it may not be our boy who did, didn't get his Oscar nomination out of Riverdale, but, like, sure she's does. still getting work. She is never called out in any of these movies. And I think Upgrade is another one where it's just that, that uh, what would you call it? Like, comfort watch that I think people mm-hmm. are looking for of uh, getting a new job. So, it's got that Devil Wears Prada-ness to it. And then the romance that dealt with, you know, getting an upgrade at an airport and how that leads to you finding the love of your life. Yeah. Um, so...
1: You no, know, it's funny that you mentioned the River- Riverdale connection because Charles Melton said something that kind of made me reevaluate a lot of those people who go through the kind of young adult. Grind, uh, grinder of of TV that it, it's sort of like the new soap opera training ground, and that they ask you to do so mm. much and sell so much ridiculous dialogue that it yes. ends up being this really good acting school. And you look at people like Julianne Moore or like Alec Baldwin who got their start in soap operas, Chadwick Boseman and Margot Robbie more recently.
0: That's crazy. Like it, yeah, it's a new it, version.
1: Sometimes it's a nice proving ground for these young actors.
0: How do you feel that the new one is YouTube original sketches? <laughs> <laughs> i TikToks. mean tiktoks that's the we'll, new second we'll, city
1: <laughs> we'll see i mean lily singh's got a movie at south by southwest right
0: <laughs> she does and we got some youtubers out at south by directing features yeah fun. no i i can definitely see that because i mean even taking it back right uh i not i carly but the uh, other one victorious and now you got wicked starring ariana grande who's still here right after all yep. of it so I, I guess it does build it up uh you had also helped me out here you mentioned uh he's from uh shadow and bone canceled yeah. so that kind of sucks for him because I, I think he's a good leading man he's a good looking mm-hmm. dude he can handle it they're perfect together but you know they're all they, they haven't really gotten that big one that stuck because i couldn't name you any of those other movies that i just shouted out as being hits for their services you know they trend for like the week and then they're out of the top mm-hmm. 10 um, yeah holy smokes bro i just learned something here the director of this movie did the blazing world Oh, man, I had completely forgot about that movie until Sundance this moment. Sundance 2020, a short Virtual film Sundance. turned into a feature yeah. and where this director, writer, star really like capturing herself in red, <laughs> as you can see. Ugh. Oh, wow. Hey, Yeah,
1: not my favorite.
0: She got a little better, Zach. So if you do catch Upgraded, um, she upgraded. Better <laughs> Directed. It is out on Prime. Give it a watch if you wanted a cute little uh, Valentine's Day, I guess, since it's right around the corner. Yeah. But the last one that we have uh, is probably not a Valentine's Day. It's probably not even a family pick because uh, it's a little bit more melodramatic than I expected it to be. But it was, uh, I think, a winner out of the U.S. Dramatic Competition at Sundance because I think Nico Parker ended up snatching an award for performance in the movie Suncoast. Nice. Was she worthy of it, Zach?
1: I mean, I thought she was pretty convincing. I don't know if it's my choice personally for like the best performance out of all the movies at Sundance. But I, I thought she was good. And she was really good. And she really sells this story that puts a heavy emotional burden on its actors. Yeah. I thought Sun Coast was pretty good. I, I thought this was a, a pretty like sweet and empathetic but real perspective on going through this kind of difficult a uh, situation with, where you have a family member that's under intense medical care and uh you know it starts it's about the it's a semi-autobiographical tale of the writer director's own upbringing with so. a uh with a brother who was put into hospice care um and very coincidentally and, and tangentially related to the story in the same facility where Terry Shivo uh was for for those of you who are listening, who are younger than me, which is the vast majority of you. Uh, Terry Shiva was a woman around whom there was like a national media story about uh, the her, her husband had been taking care of her, although she, I believe was brain dead, but still alive. And he had chosen to remove her feeding tube uh, in order to end her end of care life. But her parents had protested that and wanted to keep her alive. It turned into this big uh, pro-life versus pro that, yeah. uh, end of la- end of life care story, and yeah, I mean, it, it's just adds this sort of like fascinating real world context yeah. to the background of the story that is otherwise not really about that. That story, which I I thought was kind of interesting in centering this in a time and place, that's one thing that I think the film does well is it really does feel of a time and place. The way that these high school parties are, the the elements of preparing for oncoming tropical storms, like it really does feel like ripped from her memoirs or her diaries or whatever. I don't know if it's like the the deepest or most uh, you know unique. Uh, perspective being shown in the story but i thought it was effective at least
0: mm-hmm. i think it's a good cross of being one of those movies we talk about where it's like this seems to have a really big budget to be in the u.s dramatic competition for first time is that right. sundance you got but Laura Linney and spirit. woody harrelson right. the cast is stacked it was already picked up by uh who would it technically be if it's on hulu it's uh i search- thought it was Wait. focus features or maybe it's too but it's on hulu so it's obviously a big name. But it's a good mix of it being, like, a high production from a studio and then something that would have that Sundance indie feel to it. I Mm. thought Nico Parker was good. I thought, like, you were mentioning the relationship between her and her classmates, her peers. The banter that they had back and forth, I thought that was fresh. There's Mm -hmm. a lot of times where you feel it go into a very stale place or where it needs it to go, and I like that the movie didn't do that. There are moments where another movie would have done something stereotypical because it needed the story to go that way, and the friends would just be like, oh, well. That's something that happened because that is more how teenagers would be, especially how you were mentioning in this town. I don't feel like a storm happened because they needed it for the plot. Things happened right. exactly how she recalled it while she was living there. Um, exactly. It was interesting that you had mentioned that the the, the story and the, and the connection there, because I have two things. One, it reminds me of, do you remember the movie Me Before You?
1: Uh, I don't off the top um, of my head. I will give it a quick Finnick Google.
0: Finnick from Hunger Games. Right, had like right, MS yes. And he's like... I want to, you know, pass. And it was What's-Her-Name-From-Game-of-Thrones who had to make the decision for him.
1: Emily Clark. That
0: movie uh, got boycotted, obviously. And that was when that story really came up as well because uh, they felt that that was kind of uh, pushing, you know, the, the the idea of whether people are for that or against that. The, uh, yeah. What would it be considered? Assisted. Yes, uh, I'll just leave it yes. at that, the, the assistive take on that. Um, but the second thing would be is, do you feel that this is a better version of a critique that May December has gotten? Um, well,
1: okay. So if we're talking about the idea of basing something on reality, but changing some details and like the exploitative nature of Hollywood using the stories of real people, I think this is different in the sense that, A, this is coming from the perspective of a person who went through this, right? Like, Mm -hmm. it's not uh, the writer-director, Laura Chin, making up what it would be like to be in Terry Schiavo's family. It's their experience having a tangential connection to a real-world story. It's very Mm -hmm. uh, passingly commenting on the real-world story. So I feel like it steers clear of those types of ethical concerns. Not that I had those concerns, particularly for May, December. Um, But, you know, it is able to yeah uh but like it is able to you know comment on it in a way without it feeling like it's exploiting that story you know I, there, there's enough of a personal connection there where they are they have some similarities that that are impossible to deny
0: for sure. You uh, had mentioned Laura Linney as having that double feature of moms who are just yelling and yelling and yelling. And I think Laura Linney is way too talented to be doing the same yell she's been doing since I feel like the beginning of Ozark and several yeah. other movies that we've been seeing her in. I don't know, man. I just feel like we can get more interesting roles out of her at this yeah, point she, in time.
1: She's a fantastic actress and just frequently um, overlooked about in terms of like our best um you know, actors of her generation. Yeah. And it, yeah, it just kind of gets put in a lot of these thankless parts recently, mm-hmm. feels like.
0: Yeah. But she was still pretty good in this movie.
1: Yeah, I like no, she's excellent. It's just she, we know she can do more. And at least, yeah. and to Ar- Ozark's credit, they find some more to do with her as the series goes along.
0: As the series goes on, that's what I'm saying. She is worthy of interesting roles, not just the standard dramatic, I'm the mom who's going to yell at you and I will hit this note. That's, easy, that's recess time for her. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm curious to see what more they do for her. I think Nico Parker's going up there as well. Obviously daughter of Dandaway Newton, which is why she looks so much like Dandaway. And why it worked perfectly, I think, in... Uh, I know she was in Dumbo. I don't think her mom was in, but in reminiscence they were able to play off that. So uh I'm rooting for Nico Parker. I hope she's got a bright future for her. And I think yeah. White Harrelson might might be around for a minute too.
1: Yeah, Have that act- it's it. a pretty solid actor. By the way, uh it was <laughs> Search Life. <laughs> that uh oh, what it.
0: okay yeah so yeah. makes sense hulu uh but that is our releases for this week lisa perfect that of darkness upgraded suncoast my pick was gonna have to be perfect days if you have the ability to go catch that at an art house theater near you or amc whatever is playing it i think it's worthy of the watch especially if it was something that's been on your watch list if not maybe wait for it because it is a slower movie if you're not used to those but i think it's definitely worth uh putting on your radar You had some Sundance movies you wanted to mention. Yeah,
1: well, so we we just talked about Suncoast, which was a Sundance film, but there are a couple other movies that uh, we didn't really get to spend that much time on during our Sundance Awards or our Sundance Top 10 that maybe slipped through the cracks and uh, I thought were worth at least circling back to, even if it's briefly. uh, Did want to give one more shout out to what's probably my favorite documentary of the festival. Your late-edition favorite documentary of the festival, (laughs) Daughters, just an absolute knockout of a film. I don't believe when we were recording that Netflix had yet swooped in and picked this one up. Um, So, yeah, it is. They were fighting for it. They were. And and there's a good reason there's a a bidding war for this one because I think uh, there's not going to be a dry eye in the house watching a movie like this. I – so – I'm of two opinions that, like, one, I love when movies get their full theatrical due, and th- Netflix is not a film, uh, not a studio that emphasizes that. But at the same time, documentaries are not movies that tend to be like big box office draws or get wide releases anyway. You know, they're not playing uh, whatever documentary in the AMC in Omaha or something For like sure. that, right? So, in this sense. Sometimes Netflix is a good platform to get documentary filmmaking out there and you know there's probably yeah. more documentaries being watched on Netflix than on any other like p- platform including theatrical
0: but can you name me a documentary that you would have put up for best picture that came out of Netflix?
1: That's the other problem. And then we also get into the the whole algorithmic choice that Netflix forces upon you and the fact that a lot of movies get buried on Netflix. You know, Netflix right? uh, just last year spent $20 million on Fair Play. And yeah, that had like a decent ooh, weekend ooh. on Netflix, but it feels that like that a was a flash play. in the... Yeah, it was a flash in the pan.
0: Um... Do you think that it's also a matter of you put the Netflix logo on there and people reduce it? I'm speaking for audiences because I feel I sometimes do that as well. I know that Icarus is Mm -hmm. an Oscar winning movie. It's another one on Netflix. I like the Travis Scott movie. It's another one on Netflix. But you're right. People get to see it. But damn, if Daughters had Sony Pictures classics, I think we'd remember it a lot more.
1: Yeah and I think there maybe is like an uh, a subconscious unconscious yes. bias at play because yes. like you know it, it it might not even be literally the Netflix logo or the Netflix uh app it might just be like I know this movie went straight to streaming. I didn't have to hear about it in theaters and hear, like, I should have had a rec- get the recommendations that I should have people seen feel it in theaters. That. Yeah. Because, the, like, if you look at the top rental movies, right? Like the movies that dominate the iTunes charts or the Amazon rental charts and stuff, it's not stuff that goes straight to streaming. It's stuff that had a theatrical release. It's, like, yeah. it's the movies that sort of drive people, uh, like have them motivated to actually try and spend money and pay attention to them. So exactly. I don't know. I, I I hope that it's not going to be f- overlooked. I could see it happening. I'm ho- I don't know. I, I'm just hopeful w- for this one in particular.
0: Yeah, I am too, and it it's a fantastic movie. So it's definitely going to stand out. And like you said, it's not a bad thing that it's on Netflix. It it is great. People are going to watch it. It is going to resonate. I just hope that. The idea that people look at Netflix documentaries as like the new fad thing that's being talked about, whereas I feel HBO gets the the, 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 the good critiques of like, oh, that's an HBO documentary, whereas right. this is like the new Netflix doc of the week. This is not a Netflix doc of the week, but damn, is it perfect because this is the place going with the themes of the movie where it's going to reach the most people. So two thumbs up for daughters for sure.
1: Yeah, I, I wonder if that's something that Netflix is going to have to consider is how they can make certain films feel like a bigger deal than other films on their platform and that do it too? in a way that doesn't discount like the, the lesser films or whatever it is. Simple, um, actually
0: release it in theaters.
1: I, I I agree with you, actually. I think that's a pretty simple solution to their problem. But uh, Bella Bajaria like might said. not agree.
0: Okay, another, another yeah. uh, classic right here. And yeah, so another. By, uh...
1: Uh, Netflix as well. Oh, for real? Yeah, yeah. Netflix, uh, th- this is part of my larger point that I want to make here. So Will and Harper is another one that we had in our top tens and we we discussed how delightful it is. Uh, Netflix swooped in and picked up this documentary as well. uh a- a notable choice given that the uh, that Netflix has faced a lot of criticism for uh the specials uh from Dave Chappelle and from Ricky Gervais that have um <laughs> you know controversial material in them May and I then either? this being a real yeah and then this being a trans-focused documentary go ahead
0: we're going to get into Super Bowls and Jon Stewart is back and Jon Stewart's only back because he had beef with Apple and it didn't work out because he's mm-hmm. like, hey, Apple, I don't agree with this. I'm going to make an episode. They left. We're going to get into all that again. But that's the precursor yeah. to this, right? I think Apple, Disney, all of these people truly believe in that stuff. You and I know that Netflix is such a – uh, uh, what's even the word? I don't even know the word to call it. They don't care.
1: Yeah. No, they they are driven by what will generate traffic, what will generate clicks. It is unreal.
0: Yeah. Netflix really is different from Peacock, Hulu, everything else. They will fund a documentary calling out Netflix. They funded the Bloodbuster doc. They're crazy. I I don't think. Yeah. Yeah. So I truly believe that they have no problem giving money to someone who actually, I don't think Dave hates trans people, but someone who has no problem pissing them off. And then for the support, they will pay for both. That's Netflix. I,
1: what I think is notable is just like the blatant playing both sides. Right? They're not like we're they're not the we are the anti place or we're the pro place. We're the we're just the big content yeah. funnel. Right? Exactly. We, we, yeah. We give you everything.
0: They plead the fifth. Um yeah. that's said, though. A good pickup spot as well, I guess, especially when it comes to how it's going to be released. But I, I do think this would have been another one. Sony Pictures Classics. Um, I don't know why I'm sticking to Sony Pictures Classics for my docs, but no, but both of these it, would have it, been great. Sony Pictures. It
1: gives it an air of dignity, right? And no, no, I, it this does. is yeah. this is one that, like, especially with the added hook of will ferrell actually might have gotten some butts and seats mm-hmm. right like the the documentaries that tend to make a splash are the ones that have some notable figure attached to them um, this is the
0: one about going out and touring in america but they don't want you to go out and go the two miles to okay exactly like, it's literally a movie about in this new phase of life how do you congregate with other people yeah what wa- and watch it at home <laughs> exactly. i don't get that one i don't get that one uh,
1: so uh those two documentaries, as well as Skywalker's A Love Story, were That's all true. of Netflix's documentary pickups from the festival. A strong uh, showing of documentary purchases. Do you think that Skywalker's is going to be a good fit for Netflix?
0: I think it's a good fit because of the influencer side of the story. You have the spectacle, right? They literally yeah. go up to the highest parts. But it's that craving that I think you and I really focused on when we were watching this late at night. We're like, oh, these people like only care about the likes but that's also what they're arguing against it's like no this is their lifestyle this is that and i think the way that it plays it and really focuses on them as individuals who are trying to make something you know in a world where everybody wants to be an influencer, is going to attack it's going to uh, attract a lot of people i hope uh people aren't dumb enough to want to do this but you never know <laughs>
1: you never know especially with the netflix effect out Good there
0: visuals though i know you didn't like i know you're not a fan of heights yeah. But damn. This was a movie that should have been seen in theaters because you, how are you watching this on your laptop when they're just a dot like on a screen? That poster, that shot right there. Yeah. It, it starts feeling like uh, that climbing movie we really like, Free Solo. Uh, and you can only get that when you have real depth with it.
1: When I'm at like the top of a tall building or like looking over a balcony, I get this like tingly sensation at the back of my knees, and that was like me every two minutes watching this documentary. It was no, that was it, me it, at the Airbnb. <laughs> it, it was, it is terrifying in certain aspects. But yes, you're right. The, the footage is really, really incredible. All right. So. Uh, a couple other documentaries that I want to give just a quick mention to. Uh, we saw Eternal You, which is looking at uh, the, this company that is looking to program uh, AI bots that embody the personality of a loved one after death. They're really doing that Black Mirror episode for real. Mm -hmm. Uh, It has a lot of similarities to another documentary we saw, which is Love Machina, which looks specifically at the creation of the Bina 48 AI robot uh, which is sort of uh, takes on the personality of this uh, inventor who also was the guy that invented Sirius XM. And it's a, it's a whole lot of it's documentary crazy, yeah. in that one. And then Beanie 48 is also featured in Seeking Mavis Beacon, a documentary from the next category that we saw, which is a sort of like personal journey through technology and identity trying to get to the bottom sure. of who was Mavis Beacon. Of these sure. films that are sort of Uh, technology-focused documentaries. Which one stood out to you the most from Sundance?
0: Um, Probably Eternal You because that's one where it's not the most profound take on it, but it's still a look at the subject as a whole. So they are getting a lot of talking points. Like you were even saying, there were moments where they're taking pieces from, you know, very big things of media that you've seen. But it's kind of giving you the overview that's not too, too in depth, but gives you like the starting points of like, yo, this is what they're working on. This is the approach that they're taking. Here's what's good about that, and here's what's bad about that. The AI story being told in that second one with the the plant, the one that looks like a chia pet, that's a, <laughs> that's a, this, is a, this is like a biopic. This is somebody who damn near paid for their story to kind of just be chronicled. So I don't really see this about the subject as a, as it is a subject dealing with the subject, if that makes sense. Uh, right. It's really about those two people. Then that yeah. last one goes even deeper than that because at least this one was about two rich people who use the technology. This last one is about a girl who learned how to type and then is like, I'm going to make a, a Sundance documentary about how important this was to my life. Yet every time I ask my family about where a copy of this program is, ain't nobody remember it. I don't. Yeah, this was this to me was a YouTube video at the end. The middle <laughs> one was a rich person paying for a documentary. And that last one was, was I guess, at best, like a, a vice uh, amalgamation of what AI is going to be doing in the future. This would fit perfectly on Netflix.
1: Yeah, I think Eternal U is probably the the best of the of the of co- the the few that I mentioned there that take on the subject. Like it actually is one that sort of interrogates the ideas behind mm-hmm. all of this and uh gives you kind of, you know, the optimistic spin and the cynical uh, perspective yeah. on it as well. And, you know, and I just personally with AI, I find myself so frustrated by a lot of the discussion around it. And How so? at least just in terms of like the... uh <laughs> the unabashed optimism of some people around its potential use. Um, and, and But I think know, that's
0: just your approach if we were talking about anything else. Sure, sure. I,
1: I am a negative person. But I think this documentary, do, like while it will also like show the reasons why people are so excited about it, it gives a lot of voice to the kind of negative opinions that I have, yeah. too. So I th- at least... There should be, I, I felt heard at of them. least. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, and like you said, it's not the end all be all of all of them. But uh, I know no. Zach stands on no ghosts.
1: <laughs> yes, I
0: I'm. anti AI, AI I'm anti-ghost, anti-monster,
1: anti-zombie, anti your, uh, AI. I'm just anti. I, I'm I'm reality based. For the record, but not, you said
0: you you don't believe AI. We will reach AI. You just think we're going to get very 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 strong. Oh,
1: okay. If we're if we're doing this conversation, yeah, I I like am a. I'm not a uh champion of the future of AI. I feel like it's it's just better and better versions of predictive text.
0: I, no, I think this is a fascinating conversation because I also do agree with that sense because in order to believe in a subconscious being formed from an from a robot, that mm-hmm. would be spirituality at some point, no?
1: Yeah, right. I and I think it's the idea that like words have deeper meaning than just answers to questions sometimes like I think a lot of times people want to read into uh, a chat bot spitting words back out at you because it thinks it's satisfyingly answering your question yeah. that it has some kind of soul or something when really it is just like the wheels spinning on a hard drive somewhere and I I don't know uh, but that that is a longer discussion
0: because yeah. it does <laughs> it gets deeper at a certain point you're worried about what will make a robot human but what makes a human human if most of us are just acting like robots? You're calling exactly. it a very long algorithm, right? How many people actually think for themselves nowadays? And at that point, what are you really seeking to find? I think it was the conversation we've been saying about what separates AI art from human art. Right. And for a lot of people, I think that distinction is getting very tight. And what they're looking for it may not always be found. Interesting uh, do talks. we want to
1: divert into AI art since you're bringing that up? Since there are Hell, lot yeah. of a lot of AI good, art sequences in Little Death, the... A midnight film from Jack Berger. Or uh,
0: no, next. Next film.
1: Next film. Excuse me. Excuse
0: me. I think it's because they used art that they were able right. to go next. Yeah. Uh, again, the next film, as I always say, is a movie where they're trying something innovative, whatever's supposed to come next, or it's one of those movies that tries something and you as a viewer go. Next. I'm, I'm kind of done with this. And <laughs> surprisingly, I think I was the one who liked this the most out of everybody. And that's, uh, it, it's hard to defend it because this is Edgelord the movie.
1: Yeah. Yeah, like, sometimes <laughs> it's, it's Sometimes hard. even more so than like Aggro Drift was, right? <laughs> really... I haven't seen
0: Aggro yet, but I've heard. Yeah. Oh shoot! Right, right. It's like you're, it's well, like you're listening to a podcast at some point yeah. of this
1: movie. I, <laughs> I've described, I described this in my letterbox review as the first half being rejected voiceover lines from Edward Ed Norton's Fight Club voiceover recording sessions. Bro,
0: I was, yeah, it's like someone made a badly. second.
1: And then the second half is like a journey around LA's drug scene with like the worst people that you've ever met. Uh-huh. But I wasn't bored during any of it. So right? I think that is like, to the film's credit, there is like a lot of creativity in there. Even the way that it implements that a- the AI art is kind of creatively done. I think ultimately like talk. Where, those, where those AI art sequences fail is that I think it looks really ugly. Like it does that thing that you see a lot of AI art do where it like that's is constantly evolving in a way yeah. that it's like it, what is, what is actually you the, minions? the thing? Yeah. yeah. The Minions we, trailer. We talk about that it. later.
0: It, it's got that thing that you're saying where the way they spelled despicable me, did not look fully there, but it looked like it was forming. And I think that's, that's the thing that gets people to, to notice AI art immediately.
1: Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I still think that like, it was kind of interesting and not yeah. the worst movie, not by far, not the worst movie I saw at Sundance. Like I would give it a mild recommendation. I went three stars out of after uh, Sundance, but I, you said you liked it a little bit more. You think?
0: Yeah, I think I liked it a little bit more, and a lot of people, especially a lot of the stuff that's being spewed in the movie, we know that a lot of people can't differentiate between a character saying something and the movie telling mm-hmm. you this is how yes. I feel. I, I feel a lot of people were not bored by this movie, but they gave it, gave it a lower score because of things that characters said. Which is ironic because all of these characters are on drugs. So it's like, I don't think you got the memo of what the movie was. <laughs> right. But many particularly give...
1: it, particularly that first half, Trimmer's character says so many things. But the entire movie is characters being like, oh, you're such a loser. <laughs> like,
0: yeah, yeah, he's a loser. That's why he he's thinks a loser. these things. So when he's saying it, it's like it's kind of answering something to you. There was a, a, a bit that I saw yesterday about how uh, uh, millennials give themselves away when they call their dog Doggo. To Gen Z and a millennial complained, you can't take the word away from us. And they were like, you idiot, you read it wrong. That's how a lot of people are approaching this movie. It is not saying that the main, main character is approving of this and so is the director. They're making fun of him. And yeah. then when you get to that midway point, it's actually a very interesting approach to how they split the script up. I think there are great performances in this. I, I don't think you can give this... That much of a negative score when you had one of the best uh, supporting roles, in my opinion, uh, with Jenna Malone coming in and just like killing Mm. that one scene. I thought that they had um, Dominic Fike doing the best performance he's done so far. Uh, What's her name, too? That's in this movie from Never Ryder, Talia Talia Ryder was fantastic in this film. They even have. I didn't know this. uh, Jenna Malone could have been kidding when she said she's the cousin of the director. But that guy who you're mentioning as a dude you don't want taking you around L.A.
1: Oh, man. Yeah.
0: That is actually the director's cousin.
1: <laughs> I mean, I how do you even, even th- find yeah, a guy I, like that? I do not even know how to
0: find there, but yeah. look, it is a fascinating movie. And all of that is to say that maybe we, we don't know when to give uh, uh, someone the benefit of the doubt because Venny Vidi Vici was another movie that came out. And the more I heard them talk about that movie, a satire about how the rich don't hunt. They just get away with killing people because they have so much money. I like how they spoke about it and I didn't really care for that approach. I've heard this guy speak about it, and I've been trying to give him the benefit of the doubt because he even got a massive cosign. Darren Aronofsky. Producer on Little Death. But then I remembered how people felt about the will, and that may not be the cosign people want.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's an interesting specimen for sure, and I feel like Jack Bugger is probably going to be a person we hear from in a much bigger way in the future. Like, this is kind of like a... Uh, announcement of him as like a potential feature film talent, but you know there, there's some stuff worth taking away from it for sure. Uh, if we want to mention very quickly that movie, that other movie you talked about, which no, it, it's Go. if it's, it's not that, my it's least favorite, them. it's my second least favorite of Sundance.
0: I I think it was just completely off. Like it, it like the the score is an NA because we just were not vibing with it. It's like when you order a drink, yeah. you take one sip, you like, I'm not gonna finish this. I won't rate it. Yeah, but like it, I just. It's, It's not clicking.
1: Yeah, it's so languid and just uninteresting. It it starts in a place and just stays in that place for so long. And very, very predictable kind of uh, damn the rich style movie that we've just seen much better versions of. Infinity Pool was at Sundance last year.
0: Yeah, that was a better one. You saw the directors uh, meet the artist?
1: I didn't, actually.
0: That's all you need to watch is those two minutes to know. Get off your high horse. (laughs) Uh, another real movie quick, that I don't AI. think... Oh, real, yeah. real, real, real quick, AI art. Oh,
1: back to AI. <laughs> what about just, it? Just
0: three, just three more hours. You make AI art. If you tweak it... Is it original? Uh, if you are making different prompts and mixing them in the kitchen, can if you, you make it a recipe that's original?
1: If you build a boat and you slowly replace each plank on the boat with new the planks Suvius? of wood... <laughs> i don't know man i mean
0: is it not 3d printing at this point we're almost 3d printing wait where did 3d printing come from (laughs) the idea that you're replacing the stuff in your metaphor that's wood with wood but we're not replacing wood with wood we're replacing real art with ai generated art but if that ai generated art becomes like ingredients and you make something new with it it's kind of going back to your vesuvius point if you are replacing something with something if nobody knows a Uh, It goes back to that. If nobody knows the difference, does it matter? I'm asking: Is that really what it's coming down to? Well,
1: I mean, I think there's blurred lines with all these things, right? Because, like, yeah, there's lots of AI art sequences in Little Death, Um, but there's
0: auto-tune in music, and some people never heard it before. Does that mean auto-tune wasn't there? So, will AI be the same thing? Will some people not be able to notice it? Theseus, I think we've gotten a lot more AI. What did I say? Vesuvius. (laughs) Oh, I said Vesuvius. DC, sorry. <laughs> Next episode, all AI.
1: Yeah, but we'll see how it how it holds up. Maybe the computers have better AI- opinions than A- us. There was
0: some crazy AI commercials at the Super Bowl where it's it's changing, bro. Like, we could literally have our own letterbox <laughs> original pictures if we wanted to at this point. <laughs>
1: Uh, Let's move on to another movie that I don't think we particularly liked, and this was Winner. This is the latest of a series of movies about reality. Winner, the infamous leaker of uh, some U.S. military secrets of sort, Or I think it's actually the election secrets, if we're being uh, more accurate. Uh, Susanna Fogel returns to Sundance, having directed this as well as last year's Sundance film, Cat Person, uh, another notable film that I don't think premiered as strongly as people had hoped or anticipated. This is another one that I think they were maybe hoping for a better reception than what they got at Sundance, uh, because this one fell a little bit flat to me. Uh, Amelia Jones starring in this biopic that takes you from reality's time as a child learning that dogs shouldn't be kept in cages uh so you should free them from pet stores to her you know uh joining the u.s military because she takes a language program it just all kind of feels very box checky wikipedia style let me summarize these events for you uh and then heighten them with some you know, kind of pithy jokes in the style of Craig Gillespie, but it is discount Craig Gillespie is best. This one just never really worked for Uh, me.
0: I agree with you. It's a lukewarm movie. They are trying to make it a comedy for, I guess, mainstream audiences, and they don't realize that in doing that, I think you had said the phrase heightened certain things. They -hmm. make her look so goofy. I think they make her look dumber when they're trying to make her look smart. I think they're trying to make her look authentic and not like this big conspiracy, and the more they heighten things up, you make her... Actually, look more guilty of things she shouldn't even be guilty of. So, I don't know if it's a winner of a movie, but I, I did not dislike it as much as I thought I was going to. It's, again, it's entertaining. It is meant for mainstream audiences, but I don't think it's the story that someone who put it on the line deserves. They try to make it a comedy so that you can yeah. digest. Like, at the end of the day, what she is still accused of, even whatever side you're on, is treason. And we're doing like Blue Beetle bits escaping. U- U.S. Uh, government facilities right so right.
1: like it's cute. they make it cute and fun okay. and pithy and it's like That's I do not my re- take yeah yeah reality the Sydney Sweeney version handles this like so much more interestingly so there you go. and it still kind of feels like real and, and very like down to earth I don't know uh, I-, I just would Connie much Britain, rather watch sheets. which one oh Connie Britton yeah Connie Britton's very good Um even and, you know it's not the performances that fail this one it really kind of is the, it's the writing yeah Uh, Any other Sundance movies you want to hit that we maybe should have given a little bit more time to? I don't know if you had some more thoughts on uh, Ponyboy or Good One um, or, or anything in general. I could mention some stuff as well.
0: Uh, uh, shoot, mine for a good one is I think that that is a performance from a young actress that I think is definitely going to be one to watch out for. Uh, I argued for her being on our uh, up and coming list because there's one particular scene that is like the climax of the movie and she just speaks volumes with her face. I think uh, she reminds me a lot of um, uh, in Leave No Trace when we got that, that like really big performance from uh, Mackenzie who mm-hmm. she reminds me a lot of uh, just from never really always a couple of years ago just being able to do a lot With saying very little um, while you're on a voyage. So, to me, big shout out to her as an actress.
1: Uh, Let's mention the Outrun briefly, because I think this one got a lot of shouts. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right. Get them out of the way. Um, <laughs> this is one that we checked to early in the morning because there was a lot of Sersha Ronan's going to get nominated for an Oscar buzz around this one. Uh, her, she helped produce this movie as well uh, with a company that she just recently left. I don't know if you read those news stories. Um, what happened? It, it, I don't know. She just took a step back from the company now that they've made right. the outrun. Um, I don't know if there's bigger <laughs> reasons for that, but.
0: <laughs> no, that's the review. Leave it.
1: Right, right. Move on, move on. I, she I don't,
0: yeah, I don't Aww. think
1: she's going to get nominated for an Oscar for this. She's a great actress. I think the movie lets her down in a lot of ways. I agree. Um, I'll also give a quick shout to War Game. This was the other documentary co-directed by Jesse Moss at Sundance outside of Girls State. Uh, This one I I liked about as much as Girls State. It's a really solid documentary. It's a pretty interesting one, too, in that it sort of is a response to the insurrection January, uh, January 6th events. And it is like a documentary of this exercise that is a bunch of government and ex-military people getting together and going through a simulation of what if like the worst case scenarios on a January 6th style event actually happened. How would and could the government respond to it? And it's pretty gripping that, you know, they shoot it kind of like a thriller. Um, I I think they do a pretty good job of like running you through uh, the, the different like roles that these uh, figures are, taking in this military style simulation game i wish that sometimes they did a little bit better job of like showing you what they were actual see actually seeing and responding to but This is going to be a movie that they tour around during an election year, and is going to be a hot topic for sure. I I, I'm curious whether or not uh, it will get a run like on an HBO or something like that. But I I anticipate that there's going to be a lot of discussion around this documentary at some
0: point. The premise sounds interesting. Don't get me wrong, and I I was like almost getting a little bit of like a not riotsville in the way that it did an archive, but in the idea of like we're showing you the what riotsville was an, an active drill on what we would have to do for a scenario like this. And they all play themselves, right? It's like the actual people who mm-hmm. would have to be a part of the event.
1: I'm curious. Yeah, it's very, very interesting.
0: Uh, so yeah, I mean that's most of the movies
1: we, we covered a lot. Uh maybe give a quick shout to Pony Boy as a film that we enjoyed. Um even if it's just that they mentioned lots of places in New Jersey. But uh I thought it was well it was well acted and felt lived in and, and uh you know an interesting drama not one of my standouts from the fest, but a, a solid one that probably some people will really enjoy. But if there's nothing else that you can think of, I think we can move on to either uh, some news or some patrons, whatever you feel.
0: Uh, let's do some news for the week because we did have the Super Bowl. We did, do have a new Oscar category. I don't even know what this <laughs> Chris Nolan IP thing is. But let's start off with this first one that you had linked here. Disney, Fox, Warner, Discovery to offer a combined sports streaming bundle. I heard half <sighs> of this.
1: Yeah. So I, and I don't think,
0: care for it so far. So maybe pitch me. You work well, for Disney, Fox, Warner.
1: Right. But I have a feeling that this could actually be the entertainment news story of the year. And I'm, I'm a little surprised it's not being discussed even more uh, because three of though, the largest. Ha- go- don't
0: yeah. forget WWE. That's the other one, Netflix. Yeah, I mean, there's
1: all that we didn't even mention that aspect, too. We could get to that later, but uh, three of the largest rights holders for sports in America announced their intention to launch a joint streaming service with all of their sports properties under one app. Disney, which owns ESPN, Fox, which owns Fox Sports, and Warner Discovery, the owners of Turner Sports, are all working together to offer a new package deal that would allow uni- users to sign up for this new service individually or bundle it with another one- one of those apps like Max or Disney Plus. And, uh, and while all the companies will be equal owners of this, revenue is not going to be split evenly with Disney <laughs> getting the largest slice of the pie given that ESPN is bringing yeah, is a expensive. lot of offerings to this app. Uh, the app is planned to launch for <coughs> fall of this year ahead of the new NFL season <clears throat> and will offer Ooh. the NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, F1, and some soccer and some college sports. Uh, notably, it won't have EP- the EPL, the most popular uh, TV soccer in America, that the English Premier League. That is with NBC, which is not part of this deal. Uh, it won't mm-hmm. have MLS offerings; those are on Apple TV. It won't have the NFL games that are with Paramount Plus or with Amazon or the Olympics, which are on NBC as well. Uh, this is the none of the tech companies are involved with this. This is. Uh, all old media companies coming together. But Art, I'm curious, since sports packages are far and away the largest source of revenue for cable companies, yay or nay, are the streaming services finally killing cable by offering their own version of the bundle? No. No? Do you think so? It's gonna, I think it could hurt. (laughs) I think it could really hurt. What does it hurt? The cable companies, not the studios themselves who will be getting the money directly from the apps, but, you know, your Spectrums, your uh, Optimums, or whatever you have in Chicago.
0: But aren't those all just these people? No, no, they're cutting these people out. But they would... So, uh, there's one other thing in sports watching that is pivotal here, right? And that is that on cable, you can play ESPN the entire day. When you switch to, what did you call it? Uh, what are the other, YouTube TV... Hulu TV, um, what it, Fubu, Fobo, right? <laughs> Fubo, yeah. Whatever it is. Do you have all those? And now this is kind of pitching that, that it's going to be an extra app, which it, to answer your question like fully, all I'm hearing is another app, Zach no. <laughs> you, just, you just pitched me another app, Zach. How
1: dare yes, you? Yes, but it is no. it is an all-encompassing app. It's an app where you won't have to switch between all of these, like, the other apps. Oh,
0: except for MLS, NBC Sports, the Olympics, the blackout dates when it comes to... What are you even I mean, talking about, bro? Th- you know I think for that's... a fact that you won't be able to see anything from New York because you can't get MLB, NFL, or anywhere without your home team being blocked. So already off the bat, it's ridiculous. And on top of that, you mentioned no Universal. Who's got the Olympics, MLS, mm-hmm. and Sunday Night Football. Mm-hmm. You are not getting all of the NFL when they still have Sunday Night Football. I don't <laughs> care if you get nine games. You're not getting the 7 o'clock game.
1: Well, so you say that too, but Paramount, it, 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 the other thing that is another shoe waiting to drop are all the sales rumors around Paramount. So that might oh, be even more I NFL Paramount. coming Paramount got the, morning the fold. Wins. Yeah, but
0: it's it's universal. Who sure, I know sure. you've got a subscription we're, for because of the MLS. So my thing sure, is, why I pitch think me a different app? If, if they you're were an already average on consumer,
1: services? if you're an average consumer and you you know are paying for five apps, and you're offered the chance to reduce it to two and still get basically all the same stuff, I mean, I'm I'm ultimately curious what the price point is going to be, right? Because if this is a you know twenty dollar a month
0: thing, I think it's going to be a lot of signups. If it's closer to forty. Then, once, then yeah. it might not be yeah. the cable killer. Right. And then, like you're mentioning, it depends on the seasons. I think it's that we're, we're moving away from that, that old style of cable companies being able to package everything. And now that we're moving to subscription services, a lot of those cable companies, or I should say the cable networks, just became NBC, Universal's Peacock. CBS mm-hmm. is now Paramount Plus. This thing we've talked about all the time. ABC is now Hulu and Disney Plus. The difference is what I was telling you. When you do cable, you can stream ESPN and all your sports all you want. There is no problem. Do you know what happens when you have to stream it off of your actual Wi-Fi? Nobody has unlimited. My brother had to switch back even though he was getting 4K quality with a really good deal. But the math wasn't mathing because one day of watching Sunday sports was already capping his, uh, his data. So I know mm. you're saying that they're screwing over the, the what do you call them, Spectrums, the the Comcast, like the really big people. The
1: cable providers.
0: You don't think they're in the back going, this is better. Who needs 60 when now you're going to watch so much sports and now I'm, tr- I'm nickeling and diming you through the data you're using.
1: Sure. And maybe that's just the way that these companies are going to have to make their money is by doing that, those types of tactics. But, you know, I, I think How's it for is the consumer? this other way to cut the cable companies out of a revenue path that they've been relying on. And a lot of these cable companies are are showing that they're in volatile spots, whether it's, you know, through the mergers that are happening or uh, the cutbacks that are happening. the Internet
0: for these people to host their stuff, no? Yeah, I think they're more in bed but, than separate. I don't think they're fighting with each other. I think that's the the I think different approaches that we're we're looking at it
1: maybe but we you know it's uh it's certainly going to be an interesting shift the, not just because of uh the shift from potentially going to cable to streaming just that this is the first combined offering we've seen from these big companies since the shift to streaming, right? Like they've made such a point of making their own separate ecosystems that everybody has their own app to push content through. And now as we're seeing that the streaming uh, path is not as profitable, is not as uh, embraced by Wall Street anymore, They're returning to this model that tries to bring lots of content across different companies together. And I I just find that to be really fascinating As because the other part I didn't mention is that this isn't just necessarily about the sports. They're offering 14 different channels through this. So it's not just that you're getting the game when it's on TBS. You're getting TBS. You're getting TNT and ABC. This is cable then. This is a new form of cable through streaming.
0: I feel like we've had that for a while. Like I could log into Xfinity and watch my stuff, but now we have to name it, I guess something differently.
1: Yeah. Max plus or something. It's
0: like when the radio people realize that what they do on the radio, when people are doing podcasts are still the <laughs> exact same thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Or when, it, when um, some tech giant tries to reinvent the bus.
0: Yeah. And it it's just the exact same thing again. Yeah. Yeah. I like that ESPN plus was being incorporated into Hulu. I like that I've been hopping on to Max, and they had the TNT TNT uh, NBA mm-hmm. games on there, dude. I mean, when you were over, I put one on, it looked crispy. They are finally on there in this past year, and now they're going to remove them for another one? Uh, at the end of it, I, I still got to go nay for me. I like that integration that they had. I like uh, Universal sticking to Peacock having it. I think that if I want a bundle, you you're separating it from the other apps that I have to call it a bundle. I find that tactic funny. <laughs> yeah i mean there's <laughs> another one to condense
1: yeah right like that's cable marketing just, yeah i mean it's it is kind of whack-a-mole apps at this point too because it i feel like you know you, you sign up for a new streaming service you're signing up for like maybe maybe this will be around for the next two years but who knows at this point <laughs> yeah <laughs> crazy um all right let's move on to do you want to tra- do trailers or should we do the oscars
0: uh, did you have any top three trailers from yesterday? I, we don't have to go through every single one because I know we t- tend to get hit with a uh, copyright as well. But <laughs> I guess if we were going quickly through some of them, you had uh, the A Quiet Place trailer. Yeah, well, I well as was going to ask you other ones. I
1: was going to ask you, are you like, st- do you think the stock is up or stock is down after some of these? Like, are you more interested in watching A Quiet Place Day 1 after the trailer?
0: Oh, yeah. OK, let's play that game. And let's get everything out of the way about what you thought about the trailers because they can be split into three parts. You have your celebrities doing food, the miscellaneous Mm -hmm. ones, and the movies. We really care about the movies, so anything unmovie related that stood out to you?
1: Anything unmovie related? I mean,
0: and just overall, obviously obviously the the the
1: Jesus Jesus ads and the Scientology ad always stand out. (laughs) Favorite, yeah, of course. The 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 more AI generated, the more it stood out to me this year. Uh, There's that one in particular that was like a bunch of pictures of what looked like. houseless people and yeah. then you know jesus obviously i, I I'm jesus. not really sure what point they think they're making there jesus um, gets
0: them he had them homeless <laughs> for the commercial
1: uh, my my favorite of the celebrity driven commercials is probably got to be the the michael Sarah v okay I,
0: yes that one's decent i thought you were gonna say dunkin donuts and i enjoyed it
1: i enjoyed it i don't think it's like the best commercial but they got Matt and Ben. It's it's. I'm gonna. Have fun no, with you don't it.
0: start this live stream bashing Lisa Frankenstein coming in talking about Ben Affleck's Dunkin' Donuts commercial. Well, see highlight. that one is short. Lisa Frankenstein is an over an hour and a half. It's Matt's almost too really long. No, I had Tom Brady appearing in this ad. Randomly, they're pitching me donuts, and then the next thing I know, it's an ad for Jennifer Lopez's crappy movie.
1: If somebody wants to send me one of those Dunkin' Donuts jumpsuits, I will wear it on Stop an episode.
0: <laughs> How about them donuts?
1: <laughs> yeah but but Rock. he he apologized for the line as he said it so he knew it was bad
0: the mark Wahlberg lent ad should not be higher <laughs> Dunkin <laughs> Dunkin Donuts ad. you know who i'm gonna give uh abri plaza uh getting baja blasted i thought that was funny
1: yeah she's having a blast out there I, I thought it was funny when they brought in uh nick offerman um do you like the m&m's ring of almost champions one that thought that was also kind of funny
0: was that the one where uh, ScarJo didn't get a, right, the Oscar thingy?
1: Yeah, yeah. She lost two Oscars. Yeah, it was,
0: yeah, yeah. was cute. That was, I don't cute. know why she felt the need to tell
1: people that, but okay. Sure. <laughs> I mean, did you, did you know before yesterday?
0: I did. Oh, no, no, no. You're forgetting. I didn't care. <laughs> That's a complete difference. I know she ran. I didn't think we were supposed to care. <laughs> I thought that was cute to make that a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, Quinta doing taxes.
1: I mean, get that money, I guess, you know? I, I personally
0: don't want to take ads from TurboTax, but if they called calling, I probably would. Hey, for sure. Uh, Squarespace having Martin Scorsese, yet That was uh, surprising. <laughs> it's like, where did this come from?
1: Yeah, I mean, I doubt Scor- Scorsese's been anywhere near Squarespace, let alone, like, web design in his life. Yeah.
0: So. Um, Beyonce doing the Verizon ad, actually creating something for every single one of her spots. So, like, when she was the gamer, she actually created that on Twitch. Yeah, she actually did all of them. And then she announced the country album. What do you think about that? I mean,
1: I personally don't
0: like hey, Beyonce.
1: <laughs> no, I personally don't <laughs> like the use of the kind of like commercial spot to then launch your own personal project. Like it, it feels really? a little. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I feel like it's a little bit like church and state, like promote yourself or promote the product. Don't do both.
0: So you didn't like Taylor winning the Grammy and then going, I got my dad poets, whatever No, that's the heck. super tacky. <laughs> I'm not disagreeing.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, at least at least the Beyonce ad had,
1: like, good production design album. and Tony Hale. I don't know. Tony Hale was good, right? Really. Yeah, I guess. Yeah.
0: Um, Uber Eats Anison ad I did not care for, but I found out there was controversy after the fact in where there's actually an alternate version.
1: <laughs> yeah, peanut butter. Co-
0: the peanut, peanut butter. Peanut butter controversy. Look. I think they should have stuck with the original ad, but that swish that they made when they stuck the chair up that guy's butt did actually. <laughs> yeah, cute um, ad. Too, cute many, ad. too many homes.com. They had apartments.com for the last like four years. Mm-hmm. Clearly homes.com owns the exact same thing. They all want us to get a home now. I'm not buying it. Big home. Stop with the ads. It was too many of them. The only yeah. thing that made it more annoying than that. Besides, I'm sorry, but your scrubs guys have, they got me up to here now. Six Temu ads?
1: Yeah, and the same one, right? Like it I don't I don't know, man. They're they're really pushing that. It, I do not feel like a billionaire when I'm on Temu. I'll say that much. I feel pretty cheap.
0: Last miscellaneous one will be uh I'm curious to know if you got the Kanye one. Did you get a Yay ad? I don't remember, so probably not. We got a 30-second bit, which was technically the video he's got with North for the album he just dropped. I don't know if you saw he like just Dropped a completely new track list. For <laughs> Did Vultures. you just purchase a local Chicago ad? He, I heard he purchased a Chicago in Miami ad where the ad was the music video, 30 seconds of his daughter singing because he told her, I'm going to get you on TV and it's going to be your song that I push. Then it turns out that there's another 30 second ad. This is big, bro. Listen to me. There's another 30 second ad where he's just recording himself and this supposedly got played in other places outside of Chicago because I didn't see this in the broadcast where he just goes, uh... So we spent all the money on the commercial, so we didn't have enough to actually make the commercial. So go to Y-E-E-Z-Y dot and go buy this stuff. And uh, that's it. It's an actual ad. You can go find it. That's a straight went up Yeezy.com. move out
1: of like season two of 30 Rock Tracy Jordan. Like what is, what is he doing?
0: I say all this to say, Zach. Them Yeezy pods that were $200, he put them for 20 bucks. That's what, what the ad was for. So if any of you Want some Yeezy Pods. They're $20 right now instead of 200 Good I don't to think he let anybody know that. So we actually had a sale yesterday with all the things that were happening around the world. Kind of had two ads. But let's get into the important stuff, which is going through all of the trailers. And my, uh, my preface for this would be, I think they were mid. Well, I don't so, think we got anything that blew us out of the water. Yeah. A a big part of it was do you get tired of, and here is the teaser because we're only paying 30 seconds worth. uh, Go watch it online that's
1: the thing and my my number I'll one work? reaction to movie trailers in general at the super bowl is like when did these companies get so cheap when did they get so chintzy like this is supposed to be your big announcement moment yes i know it's seven million dollars to get 30 seconds of air time this is the the big ad you have to don't tell me to go watch the trailer online you're showing it to me right now show you it. you know me. what the name of the
0: game is right like yeah this is what we're supposed to talk and then you find out that don't like wait <laughs> okay so you got to a three minute ad got it you got to cut yeah. it down to 30 seconds why did you show like the least interesting parts of the ad
1: right just the incomprehensible flashes of different people like th- you can at least you can cut a good 30 second teaser there were some last night
0: yeah so 15 movies and i had to what go to ww.15 different sites it's like when we go to festivals and they're like oh yeah you're watching all 88 movies when you get time for us it's like no give them the ad stop giving people homework okay with that out of the way now let's rate these ads. It did get a little annoyed. Um, first one that we have here is the one that I had kind of displayed right here. It was the uh, Quiet Place ad. Again, I find it hilarious that this is the third one. And it has one in the title. <laughs> but see,
1: it's the earliest one chronologically. So it kind of makes sense. It's day one. Shut up, bro. Um,
0: <laughs> I like it. I think Lupita's yeah. cool. She don't take missus no nope. it looks like cloverfield it
1: does look a little like cloverfield, looks like cloverfield. yeah um you know, you know i, like I <laughs> yeah, i'm sure you do yeah oh I my mean, look, gosh lupita you know oh my goodness doesn't get a real reputation for it but she's developing a bit of like a scream queen kind of career between for sure. uh us and little she monsters and now this one. yeah exactly uh can't not gonna be able to scream in this one either it sounds like. Uh, I, I These think are the looks, loudest movies. <laughs> I think it looks decently entertaining. I okay. I'm not somebody who's like very invested in the larger quiet place scariverse or whatever. Mm-hmm. But you know, like you, I think maybe even. Taking the action back so it, society is not quite as stripped down as it is in the Quiet Place movies and you you get a little bit more bomb- bombast and you get a little bit more action uh will liven it up a little bit. So it looks pre- look pretty cool. I'd say I was more interested in it after seeing the trailer than before.
0: June 28th. I think that's been the best date that they've gotten for these movies. So they're moving on up. Despicable mm-hmm. Me 4 surprised everybody with... uh a joke that technically is always used on them, that they only use AI. And look at the minions come out and actually get everybody uh, on their side when it came to making a, uh, a trailer that in a sense is making fun of all of these AR images. They do mm-hmm. all the funny things, like things not connecting, multiple limbs. My favorite part, uh, you know, after they zoom out and then you see all the minions laughing is just the way that they did the titles. Genius, <laughs> genius stuff. Um, I've seen a lot of people now respecting Illumination. And as yeah. you know, I've, I've been a minion aficionado for a minute now. Yeah. Um, I did not You're even realize. I, I got I got, I learned something new. I didn't realize that they had memes. Illumination was putting out mini Gru stuff for 2022's uh, Rise of Gru movie. Illumination funded uh, images telling you how to steal NFTs <laughs> to right click. I didn't realize that they gained a massive fan base from people going, yo, I didn't know Illumination was about that. Yeah,
1: I didn't so know that So now they're
0: making fun of AI here. like They are consistent through and through. So I'm glad that people are now coming around to the... Uh, are now illuminated to the Minions um, <laughs> artistry. Because, uh, what is this, the seventh, eighth one? We have a lot of Minions movies. Um, yeah. Are you excited for it?
1: I mean, I'm not a Minions <laughs> person. So I... I my my level of excitement mid, was pretty down. much like basement level to start out with,
0: but I thought that trailer was pretty cute, so I'll, I'll say i right, stock all, up on it. That's all we can ask for, right? As long as you're like mid right there, that's really yeah. all we care for. Fall Guy, which is going to be playing at South by Southwest as one of the first movies that's opening up there. So much so that this man has like literally cried about how this movie's changed his life after an Oscar <laughs> nomination and being a stuntman. He finally gets his dream of climbing the uh, Warner Brothers water tower. You heard about this? <laughs>
1: Yeah. I mean, they said he he said they wouldn't let him do it after La La Land or something. <laughs>
0: like, Which, I, I didn't realize I know he why. wants to
1: meet the animadiacs that badly. But OK.
0: Yeah. I, I never knew that that was like a part of the thing that you were supposed to get after La right? Land. Um, but now that he's playing a full action guy in the fall guy, um, I don't think any of the trailers have convinced me anymore. I, I've just been mildly interested in this one. It's not like head over heels for it. I know you weren't a big fan of David Leitch's Last Train movie. Um, or or yeah. I think a lot of his action movies so much so. Uh, but I feel like the, the banter between the two of them is leads with Rangosing and um...
1: – Emily Blunt.
0: Thank you. Mrs. Uh, that, that's Yeah, that's what I'm, I'm paying for, for opening night. So yeah. I'm going mildly positive.
1: I'm going to go mildly negative just because I I think it's a style of, like, winky action comedy that I'm very tired of. Uh, Okay. It's sort of, to me, it feels like they're doing Deadpool but not as crazy, you know? Like, I'm just, I'm a little tired of that style of humor, I think.
0: Fair. Um, Are you tired of a fourth Kung Fu Panda movie?
1: I am i don't have the, like, strong emotional attachment to this franchise that I think a lot of people in our general age range do. Uh, I, I don't even know if I've seen the second one. I saw the third on assignment and, and don't think I reviewed it positively. So, no. I mean, I like, I like Jack Black a lot. But, yeah, I, I, I'm not high on this and the trailers haven't convinced me.
0: I like the Kung Fu Panda movies. Every time I watch one, I go, you know what? These are a little bit more decent than they need to be. I think the voice acting is really funny. I'm excited for four. I'm looking forward to revisiting the other ones. I'm going to go positive for Kung Fu Panda 4. Deadpool and Wolverine. Mm-hmm. Is this the name of the movie?
1: Yeah, at least right now. They apparently copy wrote four names. Uh, Deadpool 3, Deadpool and Friend, Deadpool and Friends, and Deadpool and Wolverine. But they've so far at least gone with Deadpool and Wolverine.
0: Okay, up or down? I'm because for me, you know, it's I'd be on assignment going to go see this. I, it's the third one. I have to. It's yeah. Wolverine coming back. None of the trailers have done anything for me, and I personally am getting tired of getting the whole movie leaked. That I feel I know everything for a project that I'm already not looking forward to. Sean Levy directing.
1: Yeah, I
0: my uh, this is
1: another one where my anticipation level is like bottom for sure. I'm just never really
0: bottom. Oh,
1: yeah, I, I'm like not into. I mean the first Deadpool I enjoyed the second one I had thought there was some fun jokes in it but I was really growing tired of it and I just think that Ryan Reynolds like omnipresence is grating on me in a way where I I'm so not looking forward to this movie at all. Mm. I thought the trailer was fine, you know, like it looks okay. like a movie and and maybe even looks more like a movie than the last couple Marvel projects. We've had to see. So I'd say, like, maybe I'm a little bit stock up, but part of it is because my, my anticipation has been so low going into this trailer. Gotcha.
0: So you'd say Ryan Reynolds is like your Taylor, like when the NFL <laughs> people see <laughs> her pop out, Who, which also I did a counter, bro. She got like a dozen cuts. People have been talking about like, hey, it's not that much. It's only like two or three. Not yesterday, bro. They went all out.
1: Yeah, Um, and long shots, too, especially after (laughs) they won the Super Bowl, just, like, hanging on them.
0: Just hanging on that right there. They were waiting for a proposal or something, but uh, keeping it going, we have what is easily, I think, my most anticipated one. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes also got a trailer, and it just looks fantastic. I thought the teaser was really good, but this was also another one where, uh, look, my number one. But y'all got to actually put the story out there. That 30 seconds did not tell me anything. That's
1: the thing. And at this point, like, I don't know if it really increased my hype at all because I don't know what we're what we're getting. Like, yeah, it's it's more It's cool.
0: Yeah. The trailer didn't do it. I'm just naturally a fan of the franchise. Right. Exactly. So this play, so, my brother was like, there's another one? And I'm like, yeah, but I heard this takes place. You know, I'm doing the math over here for him. A hundred years later, he goes, but so, so where's Caesar? I was like, no, 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 it's a hundred years. Like, Caesar's gone. And I'm like, no, the trailer needs to be doing this for right. people, not me. Um, exactly.
1: So I'm, I'm you, up on the movie, but down on the trailer.
0: <laughs> I, I, I feel you. I I think they could have marketed it a bit better, but damn, it looks good, dude. I didn't even yeah. realize there was still going to be humans in this. It looks just as clean as they've done with the other ones. I'm fully, fully excited. Do we got a date on this yet? Because I know they've been saying... Ooh, I don't know. I feel like it's going to be an August date, but uh, we'll see. Maybe even November? But I feel like that would be very, very late for something like Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes.
1: It says May 10th, according to Google, but I don't know if that is correct. Forget everything I said. Yeah. Yeah,
0: I'll take it. I will take it. All right. uh, The next one. (laughs) Wicked.
1: (laughs) The long-anticipated adaptation. And it's Wicked Part 1, we should mention.
0: I never seen the play, so you tell me.
1: (laughs) Um, I just am tired of movies that look like this. Just like this these like fake mystical worlds that are super digital and and, and plastic and lit kind of oddly with that weird sheen. It's just I don't know, visually doing absolutely nothing for me, which should not be the case for a wicked movie. It's the opportunity to like build amazing sets and yeah, right? Like Did if they you're...
0: rebuild the theater in New York to
1: just be <laughs> Wicked inspired? Exactly, right? Like if you you know, if you're transferring this from the stage to the movie, give me some spectacle and I'm not really right? feeling any spectacle. It's a musical. I'm not hearing any musical numbers in we this don't do that trailer. No more in
0: ads. You know that, you know that, you know that. It's <laughs> a I, secret. I was...
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, all it is is really, like, a first look at, like, this is the makeup for Ariana Grande, and this is the makeup for Cynthia Revo and this is the makeup for Michelle Yeoh, and it all looks... You can get out of it. <laughs> yeah, it looks competent. I-, I wouldn't say I'm excited by it. Bro, 2013 was Oz the Great and Powerful? Yeah.
0: How does it look worse than Oz? Right. The Great and Powerful. Like, well, it's, was it it's... a good-looking movie?
1: Because it's not—it was Ramy right? Like it's not Ramy it's John Chu. And like you know, John Chu makes some good movies, but the things about them that excel are not the visuals.
0: Wasn't this the same set that they had in Miss Marvel when they went into that dancing colony? With it all these looks same? like it, right? right? Maybe
1: D- <laughs> they Disney all doubled down. The
0: same, bro. I don't know. This is annoying, but I, I agree that if you have such a big play that has a different performance every night, it's unique, and you're now doing this big push to a medium where you get one shot, one recording. Of this thing. And this is it. Mm. Cynthia Erivel deserves better. I have loved all the memes dealing with uh, Ariana freaking out. And it's the shot of her uh, boyfriend. (laughs) Funny stuff, dude.
1: Yeah. I'll also say... Um, I'm down on the trailer. I'm not super, super familiar with the play. I I saw it a long time ago. Um, But I'm seeing a lot of people really being skeptical. Because if this is the stuff that's in part one, there's not a whole lot of like...
0: That's what I heard. Story left for part two. Her part two is the bad part. Yeah, they it think, also why would is isolated.
1: Yeah, so to okay. be determined, but could could be proceed with caution territory.
0: All right, yeah. So I don't know. Wear 3D glasses. Maybe something will pop if you watch it again. Um, yeah. Let's move into the most surprising one because this was one that came up in our most anticipated list. You had given this mm-hmm. a mention. I knew this was on the horizon. Had to mm-hmm. put it in my top ten because. Why this director? Why this cast? Why, Why? a sequel to Twister? Hey, twenty years later. Remember that joke we said about Twisters with the money symbol? Everybody loved that one yesterday. We had yep. that one early. Uh, and this is a top pick for me. This is top five. Uh, we're a Twister household here. Uh, I am excited to have Twisters playing on TNT in uh, in my soon-to-be <laughs> HBO packet. What's what's the app called that I'm gonna get now?
1: They haven't announced yet. We'll call it my sport, Max my Plus, Plus Sports
0: package will come with TNT and Twisters. Dude, yeah. this looks this looks like I don't know, like a throwback summer blockbuster.
1: Yeah. This is the good be, stuff. Uh, I am I'm am up on this trailer. I am not uh as like invested in the, the twister it franchise look, as it sounds like you like a are, a but this looks, it just looks fun. It looks good. Glenn Powell is really leaning into the thing that I think makes people really excited about his potential as a movie star. He just uh, looks year. like he's going to have a fun time in this movie. It, it's got a good cast. It's got just, it feels really, uh, you know, down to earth for a movie that I am sure is using a lot of digital effects. Like it doesn't feel even as digital as like Wicked does. Um, I don't know, man. I I am really really excited for this one. I didn't anticipate this. This would be my favorite trailer.
0: I think this was my favorite trailer. I told you, dude. You you take the time to work on something, and I think it was right before Top Gun when you had the idea of like enough time has stirred for this to be something. Mm-hmm. I think enough time has stirred. We haven't really had that disaster movie.
1: No. I mean, what's the last great to... one? I know a lot of people like 2012. I don't know if that's a great one. Bro, the, Day count, is... you know? yeah, Day the Day After Tomorrow is. Yeah, The Day After Tomorrow is probably
0: old. like a classic, but yeah. And it's, that... it's way too far out. Mm-hmm. Greenland it's... was during the pandemic. Not a lot of people saw that one. Like, we have not had that big movie. We're not even counting Moonfall because yeah. I don't count. Roland Emmerich, where are a... you at? <laughs> No, absolutely not. <laughs> uh, I am excited for this one. Definitely top of the list. Twisters. Keep an eye out for this one. Yeah, I mean, I, when we were
1: at Sundance, you did whi- lean over to me and whisper, like, this guy's going to make a killer Twisters movie. <laughs> Watching Minari.
0: <laughs> for the first time, not even knowing who the director was. Yeah. Um, I thought it was funny that they did this joke for F.
1: I, I think it would have been funny if they did it five years ago. <laughs> The John Krasinski as as a, a Randall or Park Rando joke. Randall Park
0: as John Krasinski from The Yeah, Office. yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I get it. Not a fan of this movie. Everybody though. watched The Office. I'm not anticipating it, but at the same point, like it is a children's movie, so I'm not starting demographic for if. And it's got you Ryan. Know? Man, like I just he's doing nothing for me in movies right now, and it's a shame because he's like a charismatic great actor, but he he's Kinda. found his kind of niche with this Deadpool snarkiness, and that's all he does now.
0: If he does something different, then you'll be back. As of now, your yeah. stock is done. Way okay. out. Um, hey, he needed something for his kids, and I will tell you, one of my least favorite things is making something like A Quiet Place and then going, I never made something for my kids. I... <laughs> those follow-ups from directors
1: yeah they're always bad they're always <laughs> oh, bad
0: so so i am glad that this next pick is not that um we are catching it at south by southwest that let's last go freaking drop of movies for south by southwest had me salivating and knowing that this was just announced two days prior to the schedule that monkey man from director and i had completely forgotten about this um i think they had worked at some point or i think it was uh daniel kaluuya was friends with uh his name Patel. I'm blinking on his first name. Dev Patel's directorial debut. Dev Patel's directorial debut, and it's going to be produced by Jordan Peele. This was when we had discussed last year. That there was going to be two Jordan Peele projects. I'm assuming this would have been the one that was not going to be directed by him, as we, as you sadly notified me, they may have taken the Peele one off of the schedule. Yeah. Um, I am curious. I don't know if I'm fully all in yet, but I'm hoping he's got a good directing hand now that he's, he's going from being an actor-turned-director, which we just got with The Kitchen, another person from Skins, and Daniel Kaluuya going from actor-turned-director. Now you have two people who are really close to Jordan Peele, one of the best actors-turned-directors Mm-hmm. Top 10 out of South out of South Bay? Maybe. I I maybe. think so.
1: I think it's got a shot. I'm I would say that the trailer definitely increased my anticipation for this one. I mean, I was definitely mm-hmm. excited to see whatever it is that Dev Patel wanted to do for his like big screen directing debut. But uh th- this looks pretty badass. And you know, we've seen a lot of trailers that maybe look badass and then don't land Yuck. quite as hard as they hit in the trailer, but I'm gonna be there for sure. You know, this is jumped to my most anticipated from South by because it just looks electric. It looks, it looks really visceral.
0: You're not concerned with him doing a directorial debut, and I'm assuming feature debut. He may have done yes. other stuff, and he's in it. No, I mean, and I, it's action.
1: I I think that a lot of times they're you know, <laughs> you you surround yourself with the right type of people, hopefully, and and it doesn't and really. Yeah, so, you know, I'm sure they've made accommodations for this. Uh, We'll see. We'll see. I don't know. The the co-sign from Jordan Peele is an encouraging sign, too. Um, The fact that Netflix didn't want to release it, apparently, because they were concerned about the portrayal of the Indian government in the film, also weirdly makes me more excited for it.
0: Yeah, because we literally just said that Netflix doesn't care about anything. (laughs) Yeah. Interesting. Okay.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. I'd not read up on that. I'm gonna have to look into that. Okay. Yep. Monkey Man. Uh, I don't know if we have a date for this, but it will be premiering at South by. Oh, April 5th. So right there after the go. South by premiere, whatever reactions we will be uh, giving to you to see if you should have it on your radar. But as of right now, I'm anticipating it. Um, you were talking about accommodations that were made, but they were not made for this movie, as you told me. Pixar is returning. With less voice actors for a movie <laughs> that is literally all about the voice actors because they play yep. literal emotions, um, I know you like Inside Out one, right?
1: I actually don't like Inside Out one.
0: Oh, you don't like Inside Out one?
1: Yeah, I feel like I'm the the weirdo that I'm I'm negative on really? that movie. Really? Yeah. Shout out Richard Brody. He has got a great review.
0: What don't you like about Inside Out that you feel is doubling down, uh, or that that's going to be even worse now that they're that they're making a sequel that you think they're going to double <laughs> down on?
1: Um. I mean look I I don't want to be like the super negative person out here on inside out because I think that there are people for whom that movie is really important and that movie is really valuable I've talked to uh social workers and therapists who find that movie really useful as a tool so like it's it's uh, cool that that movie make. exists artistically artistically I feel like it is a re- it's a gross oversimplification of like how the human brain works in a way that feels completely alien to my experience having one. Uh, I feel like the, the chaos and just discomfort of dealing with your thoughts is is like, so uh, so not represented in the like tidy approach to different types of emotions and stuff like that. Um, I just, I, I don't know. Like to me, it like, to the, it, it's it's a it reduces down what is so unknowable and complex in a way that I almost find offensive um as I mentioned the Richard Brody review from the New Yorker is like a classic and articulates a lot of the stuff better than I'm capable of but yeah, I mean I just did when my experience of childhood is looking around and being like I don't understand any of this shit and it's all scary and it's just not what Pete Doctor had in mind.
0: Um Orion, you don't think kind of did that?
1: Yeah, no, Orion's my version of Inside Out.
0: So, you don't think that the sequel because it's now getting into those emotions? No, because it's still
1: it's still just these like kind of jokey characters and i don't know and it's still the tidiness of it is what i don't like i I think um even separating different colors into different different emotions into different colors kind of uh simplifies it in a way that takes away from kind of the the thing that's exciting about the human mind is that things are like these weird mixes of different uh why don't emotions and feelings and experiences
0: That is the ending to Inside Out, bro. The mixing yeah, of different things. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it is, but it's not the re- the way they represent it for the vast majority of that movie.
0: Why do you give a pass to Orion, simplifying them down into emotions?
1: Well, I, I think the parts of Orion I like best are not those parts. and be- also oh, so because it's they're-
0: Like me, the beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, and it's also there because it's not reducing in them into emotions. It's re- reducing them into like... Uh, representative figures for, like, abstract ideas. Like, the dark is a, isn't is an emotion. Unexplained noises aren't an emotion. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, you convinced me none of us will be watching Nintendo <laughs> 2. We are ignoring it from the podcast. Mean- we are boycotting it. It's over. It is done. Maybe it'll be um, good. We'll, we'll see. I, no, because now they're dealing with teenagers, and it's like, I've already seen all of the inappropriate uh, YouTube trailers that they made for a follow-up to Inside Out 2, they're not going to cover anything that they need to, right? Because no. at this point, you're seeking out a Turning Red. They already made that movie. They already made that mm-hmm. movie. So go, if you want Inside Out 2, it's called Turning Red. Um, and it's actually going to be out in theaters again. Yeah. Moving from there, uh, you had a mention here of Moana. Which yeah, this I don't di- think I saw the trailer, but I saw the announcement.
1: Yeah, this did not play during the Super Bowl and the trailer is like really not much of anything. It's some seascapes and uh, not even necessarily worth watching. But I I did want to bring it up here because they announced Moana 2 coming to theaters this year in November. If if Disney's not going to get Marvel movies, they're going to find something to fill those slots. Um, But it also came with, I think, a lot of people talking about their reservations about the movie because it seems like this is the previously announced and then canceled Moana TV show getting reworked into a theatrically released movie. So does the idea of it being the remnants of the scrapped Moana TV show make you less excited for the idea of a Moana 2
0: Not necessarily, but to clear up, this isn't the live-action one where The Rock said, hi, I'm unemployed because of DC, I'm going to do this live-action one, right? No, although... Completely separate. Considering the timeline,
1: we might get a trailer for the live-action Moana during Moana 2.
0: Sick. I'm not against the idea... Of them taking what was already a show to that. If anything, it makes me go like, "Oh, okay, so they were working on something. This didn't come out of nowhere." Um, yeah. Because we've seen in the '90s that was a lot of their stuff. Their B teams were working on straight to what was a VHS, and it ends up yeah. being the Lion King. It ends up becoming you know some of the, some of their best stuff. So I'm not that against it. Sometimes I think that those are the animators and storytellers working the hardest. I heard no Lean Manuel.
1: No, Lean manuel yeah.
0: And now y'all making me sound like I've been complaining about Pedro Pascal and everything until I get to, like, something that he should be in, and I'm like, no, 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 you need him in there. I complain right. about oversaturation of Lin-Manuel. I'm sorry, but this, I don't want a Hamilton 2 without Lin-Manuel, and I don't want a Moana 2 without Lin-Manuel. Exactly,
1: right? Like, Lean manuel is probably, like, overused at this point, but, but he's kind of the best element of the first Moana movie.
0: Bruh, I don't even get yeah. that one right there. So, okay. Moana 2, it is out. Let us know uh, your thoughts on that over there. Other than that, uh, you have some other commercials here. The Dunkings, M&Ms. What was the NFL Sunday ticket?
1: Oh, I kind of liked the NFL Sunday ticket evolution ad where the, the Ravens were, Ravens and the Seahawks and Eagles were all flying around. Do you see I that went one? To the
0: bathroom. I went to the bathroom. I just saw them flying. I'm like, I'm good. This is not This is not a real ad for me. This is not a trailer. <laughs> I saw it said Sunday ticket. I'm like, that's okay. I'm waiting for a new app this fall. (laughs) I'm okay. i reserve it. Um, Oh, Jen Ortega Doritos. I don't remember seeing this one. Yeah, I
1: saw it. I saw it in the lead up to the Super Bowl. People were talking about it. And I don't remember seeing it all
0: during the Uh, telecast. It's just her going, huh? I think there's a longer version of it. I haven't seen this one. I just saw the shorter version of it. But I will say, looking at her here, I know we said Aubrey Plaza and and, uh, what's her name look alike. Aubrey Plaza looked a lot like her in the Baja Blast commercial. Yeah. And I know that that may, that may be a blasphemous for people to hear since obviously Aubrey was here first. But I don't know. There's something about the bangs that made it look more like a... less Parks and Rec and more of a Wednesday. They're just um, evolving
1: into the same person until the they same can play person? doppelgangers in a movie one day.
0: My old ass too. Uh, <laughs> but that is our trailers for the Super Bowl. Let us know the ones that stood out to you. We are going to move on to our last two little bits here before we shout out the most important people on the podcast. But our last two deal with the new Oscar category in where I'm going to let Zach take it away because this is new to me and it's new to them too. It's not coming till 2026.
1: (laughs) The Oscars announced that it will be adding a new category, as you mentioned, in 2026. It's the first time they're announcing a new category since best animated feature was added in 2001, 25 years between them. Uh, This new category though, will go to the achievement in outstanding casting direction and honoring honoring the casting directors who do have their own branch in the academy since 2013 now they will have their own award arturo wow. do you think this is a smart award to add to the oscars
0: yeah i don't think it's bad at all i think i would also like an ensemble one yeah i think that we a have lot discussed of people... that sometimes it goes Yeah, I think a lot of people are talking
1: about this sort of being a de facto ensemble award, that if you are a fan of the ensemble, then you are sort of saying the casting director did a good job, so it is a chance to kind of award a film where it's like, oh, we like a lot of these people without actually awarding all of those people.
0: And who did the magic? Who was the chef who realized all right. these ingredients were going to work together? And they award her. I still like it going to Best Ensemble as well. Um, but yeah. I think this is yeah. No, I am all for this. I am never against more awards. I am never against more nominations, as we've been discussing leading up mm-hmm. to this year's Oscars. And obviously, there's a lot more other categories that we want.
1: Yeah, I don't want you. you... <laughs> well, that's the thing is I, everybody. A lot of people's reaction to this was all right. We'll add the stunts category next for sure. Um, I have it w- is. You go first. Me first.
0: Hit me first, because mine's a a negative. I'll be devil's advocate after. Uh,
1: So the one major difference that I saw proposed between why this might have been added and stunts might not yet have been added is that this category is more likely to nominate the films that are already getting... Oscar nominations. So you look at a film like Oppenheimer and we were talking about how it was just one shy one. of getting the, uh, a rec, tying the four, the record 14 nominations. Uh, you get a casting award in there, it probably would have gotten those 14 nominations.
0: Damn. Ugh, that's an ugly way to put it. So then let yeah. me keep on with the ugliness and play cool. devil's advocate here. full Just full on hater. I'm looking at everyone in Hollywood, everyone on the list, above the line, below the line. Casting directors are the worst. Think of every person who wants to see a celebrity. You have people who interview celebrities and think that they're friends with these celebrities. Nothing's funnier than an interviewer going, oh, i will see you again. They don't care about you, bro. It's work. It's work. Mm-hmm. You are not friends with these people. Now, imagine a casting director who damn near has the individual who everyone wants an autograph from coming in to beg for an audition. <laughs> now we're going to give those people an award? I don't know about that, bro. That's just my <laughs> hot water one. If I think there's any more pompous person in Hollywood... Damn, is it not a casting director? They're casting directors. Literally, it should be casting director, in parentheses, gatekeeper.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it's a heartbreaker for sure. Although, you know, like, in a lot of ways, they're responsible for many of the things that we love about movies. And no, we, the we actors do are... love a well-cast film.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I do I like know, them. I... yeah. I'm just yeah, being mean yeah. to the casting directors out there. But um, <laughs> it is interesting to see this being used as like just another way to break a record and then not really... You know, think the ensemble sure. with it because uh, yeah, there's I a mean, lot of there's a lot of moving parts. This should still be a category, though.
1: Yeah. I mean, you look at also the Oscars telecast up until very recently had 24 awards and then they combined the best sound editing and sound mixing into one greater, greater category. So we're going back to what was the standard for quite a while in 24 categories. But uh, no I agree with awards. you. We 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 could use more. I mean, well, that's the other thing is this no, no is supporting, almost no
0: lead, no casting, no ensemble, just vibes. If you just want like who yeah, just acted best just vibes? Like, <laughs> who acted the best, bro? Yeah, uh, energy was coming from over there.
1: Yeah, uh, who would you give best casting to this year if you had a choice?
0: Best casting, uh, because it's really fresh in my mind, I thought that the way that they were able to cast the young to the old in The Color Purple was fantastic. Fantasious younger self to her mm-hmm. older self, even what they did with uh Bailey turning into Sierra. I do agree with you. Oppenheimer definitely needs to be in that bunch. I don't know if it's too small of a cast to include May, December, but the way that they worked off of each other, that's usually what I look at. Um, I'm I mean, not even going to lie. The kids? I, I'll, I'll throw a Hail Mary pick over here for a movie I know you like. I think the way that we talk about movies like... Um, short term 12 and how all of those actors ended up becoming really big later the movie of last year that did that was your favorite how to blow up a pipeline you had various different performances and a a variation of people coming together to to get this thing done in the script Um, and I think the casting of that and also that story that we brought up about how he duped everybody (laughs) to be in the movie I think that's an interesting one Uh, what do you got Uh, I'll throw
1: out some love for Bottoms, like a great collection of young talent in that movie. Uh, And like you were saying, the idea of cast that will then go on to do a lot of big things. Mm -hmm. We're already seeing some of that with Bottoms. Uh, no, poor got things. The is before a, they even
0: got the nomination.
1: Yeah, uh, poor things is another one that has just so many people we love and uses a lot of those people that we love in ways that we're not used to seeing them. Uh, but the the one that stands out to me is obviously Oppenheimer. I mean that that's a movie that right down to like its one scene roles is filled with wonderful, wonderful actors who fit the part perfectly.
0: Kills of the Flower Moon using country stars that's In like true the craziest true. way possible right so here's
1: here's another question for that's you then do you think that this award should skew towards the movies like Oppenheimer that are more focused on getting these like big stars that we recognize into the perfect parts or do you appreciate a little bit more of like the killers of the flower moon approach or like the, the Sean Baker approach where they're gonna cast some non-professionals some people who aren't necessarily actors first that are just like the right fit for these parts
0: Hey, you can go either way, right? VFX is that right. who has most, or who has best. Yeah. It really just depends on who did the better project. And you're bringing up two examples where, yeah, the country stars to Casey Affleck, Matt Damon playing these pivotal parts in here. They're so equal to me because these are two of the best movies of the year that we had tied as our like, top three. Yeah, um, yeah. It can go either way. But that would be interesting, as you're saying, that people can be using this to just rack up more nominations. When does it start becoming like the VFX category where Oppenheimer didn't get nominated this year because we stuck to it being one specific thing and that was computer generated? When does casting then become a stereotype of, oh, they're only going to go for these big ensemble movies. Never trust casting the little guys. They're always going to go for the big guys. I, we, we're, we're years away from this even beginning before we get the trend of how they're going to ruin the category.
1: Right, right. It'd be very so, interesting to see how they implement this. And I'm not sure why they're they waiting so long to implement this, but...
0: They got to make the title card. Yeah. It takes a lot of <laughs> years.
1: They got to figure out the anim- the little five-second animation that plays during the broadcast. It's not <laughs> easy stuff. We implemented
0: this year already. Like, like yeah. how bad are we? That's going to take till 2026. Uh, that's funny.
1: Yeah, speaking that's of funny. Oppenheimer, though, the Oppenheimer filmmaker, Christopher Nolan... Uh, had some comments recently that I thought were interesting on the Countdown to the BAFTAs podcast where he said he thinks we're entering a post-intellectual property era for blockbuster filmmaking. He said, I think the success of Oppenheimer certainly points to a sort of post-franchise, post-intellectual property landscape for movies. It's kind of encouraging. Oppenheimer ended 2023 as the third highest grossing film in the U.S. behind the Super Mario Bros. movie and Barbie. This is the first time in a long time that none of the top three highest grossing movies in a year were spe- sequels, prequels, or spin-offs Art, right, just a really quick bit of trivia for you. When do you think is the last time that the top three films in a year were none of those three things?
0: And we're not counting like Transformers starting.
1: No, it can be the the start of a franchise, but it can't be the sequel to the start. Oh one. That's a great call. Oh one. Uh it was the last time that the top three movies of the box office were all uh non-sequels, although those three films uh were uh, sorry it's pulling up uh, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone The Lord of the Rings Fellowship of the King and Monsters Inc. and Shrek so movies that ended up getting sequels anyway <laughs> but still
0: at, right the, time, th- at the
1: time they were original two yeah, things yeah.
0: one that is kind of funny that they all ended up just becoming that and we're at the same point now where we have originals but when Barbie gets a second one what are we going to count it right we're all mm-hmm. touting uh, Super Mario Bros Well, what happens when that gets a sequel Two, you had it linked there, so don't thank me, bro. It was a pretty easy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I was hoping you'd wait to click it, but um, that's, a, that's a long time. Yeah. I mean, look, Damn. we're probably getting a sequel to Super Mario Bros. We're probably getting a spin off at least from Barbie, if not a sequel at some point. Oppenheimer's, Oppenheimer's the one that's probably JfK? in the clear. Yeah, that's ridiculous.
0: <laughs> like, I don't know. Is it bad for me to say that after complaining all these times, they're like, oh, the franchise is the franchise, the franchise. Now it's clear? Mm-hmm. Can I now give a new spin after being so grim about these franchises and now there's the fog is cleared? Maybe yeah. there have been really big movies every other time. If we're going back to 2001 and you're showing me five things that all... Bruh, tell me which one of these doesn't have a number five. Harry Potter. <laughs> Lord of the Rings.
1: If you gotta Monsters go down to Pearl 8, Harbor 1? at number six. Two.
0: Right, because it's Monsters Even Inc., Ocean's University, 11. and the
1: show. Even Ocean's 11 has got uh, two sequels, on a spinoff, one. and a prequel on the way. Yeah.
0: So it really is just Pearl Harbor. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I'm just yeah, saying that I, mean, I think every year there is always something new, but we mm-hmm. always are on this, this fear game. But I think just making it the way that he made his, it's now out there, right? I am excited totally. to go revisit Tenet this upcoming week with the re-release because you and I never had the chance to go see that in theaters, mm-hmm. much less IMAX, right? I got yep. a big trip to go see Tenet in Dune two. I think they've always been there. It's just about what you decide to focus on, right? Like we could focus this entire podcast on the things we don't like or we could focus on the things we do like. For example, a lot of the movies that we covered for Sundance, two stars for you, right? Because we focus on all the good ones already. Mm -hmm. I think many times we've had every conversation with a Nolan, with a Scorsese, be about Marvel, Marvel, Marvel. It's what you were saying. You made yourself have that be the focus. Mm -hmm. And I think the more that we steer the different way, right? If we consider Netflix documentaries to be prestige documentaries, then that's all it takes to believe that they are. Him making Oppenheimer, I think, is, is all we needed to showcase that a movie like this can make that money. Totally. And I think we're at a moment where in 2001, all of those became something else. And I do feel like we're praising Oppenheimer. Why are we including Barbie and in Super Mario in that success? I mean, you know, in on the one hand,
1: yeah, they are movies that are heavily based on pre-existing intellectual property and they are taking advantage of their brand recognition in order to launch themselves to great box office success. On the other hand, you know, they are not sequels and they are chances for filmmakers to... You know, try a a sure. new thing, and you know, obviously, it worked a lot better for me in Barbie than it did in the the Super Mario Bros. movie. But I I think there to to speak to his point specifically about the idea of intellectual property not being as powerful as maybe it was recently, I I could see some of that because I do think we've seen a, a hunger for these films from these, like, auteurist filmmakers, whether it is the interest in uh, Killers of the Flower Moon or, or even the hype around stuff like Napoleon and Ferrari. Like, yeah, it's not necessarily going to beat Super Mario Bros. at the box office, but I, I do think there is an, an uptick, at least, of interest in these non-franchise-related films uh, the, the you know that are coming from these established filmmakers. People, people wanted to see Barbie because they want to see a Barbie movie, but also a lot of people want to see it because they want to see a new Greta Gerwig
0: movie. True. I forget. Oppenheimer, is it adapted or is it original? I mean, it's adapted off of the biography. But, you know, it's
1: not... There's a big difference between a New York Times bestseller and oh, I the I mean, most I'm popular video qu- game character of all time. I'm just asking
0: questions, bro. But I, do, yeah. I heard someone try to argue that the book was out there, so it's IP. <laughs> I think that's funny.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. Technically speaking... Um, I, I think hey, we pitch. know the difference between intellectual property and something that's just an adaptation.
0: I think it's also going to be very interesting with just, you know, with streaming services and everything else. It's what you go for. Because I was thinking about with Dune, the spin-off for the Sisterhood miniseries. Right. The Batman having the Penguin one. We're looking at those and pretending like that. Like we wouldn't be making fun of them if it was a Marvel movie. So it's we are in a shifting time where the originators, all of these people, you know, Spielberg saying he never do streaming. They're doing it. And I think we're now in this new thing where, um, you know, there was that line Are these directors selling out or are they just cashing in? I feel you wait long enough and terms change. You wait long enough and now spin-offs and sequels won't always be the worst thing. He did do a a trilogy. You don't think he's got another one uh, in the works? Or you think he's specifically saying this because he's looking at individual projects? Because even Denny right now, I think he's got a couple more Dunes in him.
1: I mean, he's talking about doing the third
0: Dune, but I think he was saying he doesn't want to do more than that, right? Um, um, but I think he's still producing like the shows and stuff so he's like he's overseeing right. it kind of building a playground the way um, um, I just mentioned the Batman what's his name uh, uh, Ch- Reeves, Reeves? Right? Yeah, yeah Matt, Matt Reeves, Matt Reeves. Um, so I don't know it's these interesting playgrounds where like you were saying Barbie is considered more original this is the discussion we've been having because of the director who's behind it Denny, Nolan we look past it being IP because we know that they're gonna bring something original to it so I don't know maybe we do need that third category we've been saying that midpoint of adapted original go. script because... Uh, Coming around. Not going anywhere. The remix category. Yeah, The yeah. mixtape script. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Most important Most important part of the show, Zach.
1: Yeah, let's do it. Let's thank those InterCutie patrons, those wonderful people who support the show over at patreon.com slash intercut pod. They are on the Academy level. Tushar, Cademan, Connor, Josh, May, Ricky, Joe, Wiley and Benji. And then of course the producer level patrons are Udenveer veer and tune. Thanks so much for your continued support of the show. And a reminder that you two can go over to again, patreoncom slash intercut pod to sign up for all sorts of patron benefits, including a look at our episode outlines early. Sometimes you get a look at our episodes early when we get a chance to record them before live streaming them. Uh, you can also get access to some private channels on the Intercut Discord where you can discuss with, stuff with us throughout the week. And also an invitation to our monthly patron Google Hangouts, the next one of which is happening in an hour or so, whatever much. Whenever we wrap things up uh, with the podcast. So, yeah, not too late to go over and become a part of the intercutie Team, uh, where you can also vote on the movie that we'll be discussing for our Coen Brothers movie club. A lot of good options there. So if you want to help influence the future Intercut content, you can do that by be signing up at patreon.com slash intercut pod.
0: Beautiful. Now we've got our up, coming week in releases. It's uh, a pretty slow week because they're doing that uh, midway release because it's Wednesday um, and that's going to be Valentine's Day. They're releasing the movies there. I don't think there's Tuesday night showings, but they're not going to be coming out on Friday with Thursdays. It's all on Wednesday for that Valentine's Day release. And uh, what is... What is your double feature beginning with? Our first one that we have this weekend is Madam Web, uh, the newest one from Sony Entertainment, where they (laughs) have decided that they can make Spider-Man movies without Spider-Man. Yay or nay on this?
1: Uh, Big nay. I know a lot of people are like, this is going to be so much fun to watch this movie that Dakota Johnson clearly doesn't want to be in. But that's never been my... Impetus to go out to the movie theater, I'm ready for a Morbius-level catastrophe. Um, Same thing. Yeah, I I don't know, man. Uh, I'll I'll watch it out of curiosity's sake, but I'm not looking forward to this one at
0: all. Nay, Sober? Yay on a MacGuffin's, like, flight from their bar for sure
1: yeah maybe I gotta go to the boozy theater for this one
0: <laughs> that could be it uh, Bob Marley One Love it seems like it's getting a little mixed reviews after getting bombarded with so many trailers and the matter what said hold my beer I'm gonna do it over here we got both of these movies coming out at the same time and what's interesting is that they're kind of fighting for the theater so depending on where you are, you're, you're at you're gonna have some in IMAX Dune may be taking that Dolby I have a new Prime Theater so I'll be watching the music one in Dolby and then I'll be nice. watching the action one In Prime I'm still kind of excited For this one Because I think that We have a really good actor here In Kingsley Benadir Who has been on the come up Like even the tiny roles Like in Barbie He does Mm -hmm. so much good work there He's Um, great there I I think he's got a really Really strong future And he's already been In some good movies So I'm rooting for him In this role We'll see how it goes I had also told you That it was my boy Like I have liked This director for a while Mm -hmm. I know he's done some projects That are like You know Company projects He did King Richard as well But we own this city Monsters of Men Have been standouts for me I hope this one's good as well. So, um, yay. You.
1: Yeah. We'll see. (laughs) I'm going to, I'm I'm more looking forward to this one than Madam Web for sure. But Uh, I don't know. Uh, Um, it, the trailer makes it look a like look like, look like a very standard music standard. biopic. That's um, especially with like the know. Amy Winehouse trailer now starting to go around. It's just like how many of these do we need and what need? is their purpose? But <laughs> yeah. you know, like you said, you know Renaldo Marcus Green. Hopefully, that implies that there is a little bit more than what the trailers are implying in this movie.
0: I know what you're really excited for is to just stay at home because the Dunkin' Donuts really got you uh, yeah. to put this one on your watch list. This is me. Dot dot dot, now, now semicolon a love story.
1: Yes, dash the film
0: because there's by also the album. Ben Affleck, and Jennifer Lopez.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know he's coming in giving the Boston boy boy touch to it. You know the the uh, Oscar winning director of Argo yeah, yeah, yeah. behind this one. So uh-huh. obviously this is a, a classic in the making. Uh, so From my, my favorite film star and Iowa Debris as well, Jennifer Lopez.
0: To keep it in, you know, the Boston terms, you're going yeah. to need a Boston six-pack for this, which is really just a 24-pack <laughs> anywhere else in the country. Uh, I think this one's coming to Prime? Yeah. I really don't care, so you could just be telling me yeah, and I would not know, dude. <laughs> I thought she already made this movie last year with, like, wedding season. She is remaking the same story multiple times, and it's just her story, which she thinks people— find... I know this is why people don't like her. You know that I sometimes try to defend her just yeah. in the sense of being not a creative, not an artist, but a hardworking performer. Right. But it's her being a performer, and I appreciate the stamina, that I think gets people like Io and you know South Park jokes and everyone in pretty much in the industry to be like, you're a very nasty person. Um, <laughs> and a very self-centered person, because I guess that's all this story is. And it seems like it's going to be such a disaster Yet it's so personal for her. I don't even know how to approach this.
1: I mean, look, if we're talking about the movie that I think is going to be a disaster that I'm looking forward to this weekend, it's not Madame Webb, It's this one. Because, yeah, it looks a little like The Wedding Singer. It also weirdly looks a little bit like Cloud Atlas. Like, why is this l- like a multiversal kind of story? I- I- I why does just...
0: it say Neil deGrasse Tyson? In the cast? <laughs> why is Fat Joe her therapist? It's, well, we'll I'm, see. You'll be able to tune in this weekend yeah. as it comes out in digital. I'm a little baffled. On the 15th. There you go. Yeah. Not even on Valentine's Day. On the 15th. Not even the <laughs> Friday. Thursday. It's for the morning after Valentine's different. Day. <laughs> there you go. Uh, but if all of those movies aren't your cup of tea, I don't know if you added this. I did. Okay, because I noted this to Alita, but I did not add it to the list. I was like, yeah. bro, Franklin's getting his own movie. I love the credits. Like, Franklin? I'm like, boy, Franklin. Yeah. First, I think, feature? For Franklin, it's not even a feature because it's going to be a short, but I think Apple has collected the rights to all the Snoopy stuff out there. We had yeah. that Snoopy uh, Peanuts movie not too long ago that had that very interesting 2D animation. Um, and I think they've been making interesting stuff on a yearly basis. They do a lot of holiday specials for it, so it'll be interesting to see what they got with Franklin coming in. Is that your yeah, favorite character had... out of the Snoops? <laughs> I don't know if, oh, who
1: my favorite character is. I mean, Snoopy is probably my favorite Peanuts character, but they had a pretty cute one late last year that I think cent- centered on Marcy. And okay. I don't know, man. I mean they did
0: have one, yes.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I, I just find these to be these uh this world to kind of be like a warm hug. I just like spending time in the Charlie Brown universe. So mm-hmm. I, I'll probably put this on at some point in the weekend and just have like a delightful 30 minutes or so.
0: Who's the one who's never able to kick the football?
1: Uh that's Charlie Brown.
0: Okay. Who's the one who makes him not kick the football? The Snoopy? Lucy? Okay, so I like that whole act of him never being able yes. to kick the football. That's good my favorite bit. character right there. It's, it's, it's great a bit. great bit. Um, but those are the movies coming out this week. Let's talk about our top picks for Let's the do it. week. Mine's got to be the one thing that we were able to catch the moment we came back from Sundance. We reached out. We said, hey, good press people. Can, can we have the Vince Staples show? Hey, shout out Vince Staples and his people, though. They came back right away. Got us all of the episodes. We binge through that bad boy like nothing. And it is interesting. It is very much like his approach to adapting his life into a kind of meta story of what it's like to be Vince Staples, uh, being Mm -hmm. raised in L.A., uh, living in L.A. Some people recognize you, some people don't. You're like famous but not famous enough. Famous enough to get the attention you don't want but not to be able to get away with certain things. I really like the ups and downs of this show. It's sometimes rough around the edges, but I also think that that's what makes it like I don't want to say adorable, interesting. but interesting, yeah. Yeah. Um, interesting performances that we've been getting from him in this Abbott Elementary. And I'm missing mm-hmm. I think a movie he was in, but I'm liking this new element to him. So I'm he down was for it.
1: in the bad um White Men Can't Jump remake, but I think he was in something better too. I can't remember.
0: Because yeah, he was the one who like really <laughs> He was like the agitated one out of the group who was like yeah. very nervous. He over-talked in that. He's been doing different things, and I, I think this yeah. is a good outing for him in the Vince Staple Show. It's very short, and I think it's a fun watch.
1: Yeah, no, we, we put this on when I was still at your house, kind of like, I don't know. Is this going to be good? Is this going to be bad? And we finished the whole season in one sitting, which I think speaks volumes uh, to its quality and also to its runtime. You know, it's a nice, brief... 6 15 minute episodes so it's pretty yeah. easy to uh take in one sitting but I think it's it's cool it's probably going to get a lot of comparisons to Atlanta cuz it's a similar show uh about like a person in the rap sphere who is kind of doing something in more of a comedic vein and I think there are certain similarities in the the way that it utilizes its humor it's not very it's not very like um front and center with its jokes. It's kind of the atmosphere of a joke, like the vibe of a joke with these like dark uh, elements, uh, dark societal elements sort of playing out underneath. But this is definitely a lot more Looney Tunes than Atlanta ever gets. Like there's just a broad physical comedy. I mean, you you know, Atlanta will have it in moments, but this I think stays... Yeah, it'll ha- it had it in in spits and for and like jokes, but like there's no sustained goofiness quite like the the bank robbery episode of the Vince Staples show. Okay, and I think it's the sustained this, goofiness.
0: Okay, I see what you mean. This is like three Stooges, but it never gets into that 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 like almost Twin Peaks thing that sometimes you'll catch an episode of Atlanta and you can't leave a parking garage. Right, I, right. It never gets into that here. But you are right. There are moments where it's just like this is so absurd for the scene that's happening, there's like three different tones happening. It's a bank robbery. And then it's also friends catching up. (laughs) Like the juxtaposition of things that happen in this man's life is what makes it funny. I'll throw another show out there that I think people also really like. Dave, where Lil Dicky plays Lil Dicky. And he's been able to get some crazy cameos. This also has a good cameo dealing with chicken wings. (laughs) <laughs> it's so funny, dude. I have rewatched some episodes from this show, so this is two thumbs up for me. I know Zach also nice. liked it as well. So that's my first pick. Uh it's gonna be coming out on Netflix, The Vince Staples Show. Over on Hulu is Abbott Elementary, which we shouted out last week. And I have to put on here because they did the uh what was a double episode, so it was about an hour long. They're cutting the episodes this year. So that four what was it, twenty two episode run has now mm-hmm. become fourteen. I know you 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 think the twenty two is needed, right? Well, I like the 22 just because, like, I miss
1: the days when we had sitcoms that lasted more than a couple weeks. You know what I mean?
0: Now it's only 14. Yeah. Obviously the strikes, obviously everything else, but they are hitting it hard. Right off the bat, they do a time jump. And I was like, oh, is this because of the strikes? No time to waste. Dude, the way that they explain and blame it on the camera crew for why they were gone for a year is so funny. Right off the bat, dude, they are. I I don't want to hype them up too much and say that they're better than they've been but they are they're they're writing smooth I like them their writing is still as good their performances are still as good and they've got new people in here who have been some of my favorites in other shows I like it I like it I like what they're mixing in with and I like the storylines that they're going with Uh, I am very excited for this season it's gotta be my pick again Abbott Elementary season 3 on Disney Hulu
1: yeah, I mean, I'm, it's just a gift that that show continues to be in our lives, and that we get to hang out with those characters. It's so funny; the cast is so good. So, I'm uh, I'm looking forward to the whole season of Abbott Elementary.
0: And then my final one was a movie that I just rewatched. I put in my Dune disc, only to find out. Did you know that they don't? Um, they don't release the official like 143 of IMAX anywhere.
1: You can only see it on IMAX screens.
0: There is no copy of this anywhere. Yeah. I put in my 4K, put in the Blu-ray, nothing. I was not going to travel to an IMAX theater, so I decided the next best thing was to go to the new Prime Theater. I went to rewatch it, soaked into the world of Arrakis, and I was delighted to find out that we had an extra scene if you see Dune on this re-release. Ooh. Bro, there is a whole after credit sequence where they come out to talk to you about the making of the next movie, and then they show you the entirety of the worm scene. From the next movie. Baby, we're cooking. From two. Ooh, It's a whole okay. scene. Now, Alina's arguing that you they don't have the score in it yet. So, like, it's its not even completed yet, and it already looks epic. Once you throw in that Hans Zimmer score, I have been hearing that this is the Empire Strikes Back of movies, especially when it comes to Dune, and you Shout know that's Chris funny. Nolan. You know that's funny because yeah. Star Wars is literally just Dune and took a lot of it from uh, that storyline- Into their movies, so it's funny to see the better version, in my opinion, that's about to come out. Uh, We were talking about how many more movies could there be. There is a total of six books, and the first book seems like it's already being split into three parts. So I can only imagine what they're going to be doing with this. The rewatch is worth it. If you haven't had the chance to catch it in IMAX, trust me. If I had an IMAX near me like that, I would have gone to it. Go do yourself the favor for Dune 1, and if you can't, then for Dune 2. Because, Zach, I completely forgot that Dune 2 is doing that 70 millimeter thing. Mm-hmm. it's shot digitally but they're printing it on film to give it that feel when we go to austin we're gonna see a digital one in indiana i'm gonna see the film one and next <laughs> tuesday i already got my screening for dune 2 and dolby so i got them all marked off already there was Sick. a 3d version i'd watch it too but uh an apple pro vision version i'd watch that too but <laughs> i am so i am so dune mode right now it's insane um yeah fantastic rewatch two thumbs up i think you have until next friday to catch this again in theaters
1: Nice. Uh, that six minute clip or preview they sh- are showing around on YouTube. That's not what played at the end of the movie. I don't know if you've seen that. Uh, uh
0: I have not seen it. What is it?
1: I didn't watch it's it. I, I'm oh I'm trying to keep myself as clean as possible. I got what I got a screening called? next week of Dune.
0: Dune 2 popcorn bucket, right? Um Oh yeah, the extended sneak preview. This right here?
1: Yeah. Nah. Yeah, was that what you saw or something different?
0: Nah. Okay. Well, right here. This. Oh, okay. Let me see.
1: It's out. What? I'm gonna close my eyes and cover my ears. I don't. I don't. I don't want to spoil myself. I, I need the the worm preserved.
0: Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Um, it's the worm scene, but there's not the preview that happens before. Uh, so you're safe. All right. Cool. Oh well, there you go. You have the worm scene right here. It's not. They did not show it in uh, full ratio, though. So if that's important to you, mm, mm. they are saving that and the soundtrack for that. But yeah, this, this would cool. be the scene. Um, and then Denny and Zendaya come out to like speak for a little bit. So nice. if you are looking forward to catching it in theaters before the new one, I mean, these are the most theatrical movies that are out there. And I'm excited that it's getting a re-release. This, Tenet, Dune 2. Three back-to-back 143 IMAX movies may O D me, bro. I don't, I don't even know how to say it. Uh, but those are my picks for the week. Vince Staples, Abbott, Dune, Zack, take it away.
1: Uh, my first pick for the week is a movie that we first caught at last year's South by Southwest. It is called Monolith, apparently getting a limited theatrical uh, release. And I think it's a really interesting movie uh, that follows this journalist who is putting together a podcast and doing some investigation into this supernatural mystery, these monoliths that people are seeing. And uh, it just does a really good job of sort of getting across this like quiet paranoia of sorts uh, as she debates, you know, the, the, is this real, can she prove it what's happening to these people and her and just the way that it sort of builds on that discomfort I think is pretty strong for what is like a pretty feels like a pretty small movie not like a huge movie in terms of scope or cast or budget but I thought it was very effective uh, a pretty interesting indie uh, and what I'm assuming is the debut from the director because I hadn't heard from them before I think so Um, yeah Yeah, so Monolith is totally worth checking out uh, in terms of new releases. But in terms of looking backward, uh, one thing that is on my radar, since we are in Dune mode and getting ready for Dune 2, thanks to Denis, uh, the film at Lincoln Center in New York is doing a whole Denis Villeneuve uh, retrospective series where they're screening a bunch of his movies on the big screen. So if you haven't had a chance to see um, some of his some of his iconic films uh, presented that way, and you're in New York now is a great opportunity to go see Enchantedes, go see uh, Enemy, go see a bunch of cool stuff. Uh, I think you it's running. You say Yeah, I think that's what it
0: cool. is. <laughs> okay, I'm, tra- I'm
1: trying. You know, Amanda's influencing me a little bit.
0: Let me know before the bracket before I go in there saying Encendies. Encendies. Okay, damn. Bro, croissant yeah. and everything. All
1: right. I mean, look, somebody's probably going to comment and be like, that is not how you pronounce it, bro, but I'm trying. <laughs> I'm trying, and that's what's so important.
0: They're going to send Pepe Le Pew on you. Um, what was the last time you saw the, uh, t- Um, I actually haven't seen any of the French ones. I've only seen the English ones, so
1: this is going to be an opportunity for me to catch up.
0: So I'm missing Polytechnique, yeah. however you say it. Which is also
1: playing, so That's get your ass in New easy. York.
0: But bro, you had dude. The talk after you catch in Sundays. I saw that. I, I'm pretty sure as a full grown teenager, and I was too young <laughs> for that <laughs> ending. <laughs> I'm very curious to see how it hits you. Uh yeah. like you don't know anything, right?
1: I know like very very little. I know okay, there's a Radiohead no, song no, no, in there. No. I know there's some shaving heads in there.
0: <laughs> nah, nah, bro, It's that's the crazy one right there. Holy smokes. Yeah. All right, it's going to be a good one at Lincoln Center.
1: Yeah, for sure. That's cool. Uh, so, yeah, hopefully I see some inner cuties in the crowd uh, for some of those. Uh, another movie that I'm hoping the inner cuties check out now that it is starting to make its way out in theaters is The Taste of Things. Uh, I know it is playing at least in New York. I don't know if it's made its way out to Chicago yet. I hope it does because, you know, any – food adjective that you can think of that might also apply to a film totally applies here. It is delectable. It is, you know, beautifully prepared. It is just so scrumptious and delicious to watch this movie. Uh, Just an absolutely lovely portrait of love and food preparation that will make you, uh, you make your mouth water and your stomach growl. I don't know. I just, I felt, like my heart was so warmed by this love story where people are just so kind to each other and also put so much care into food prep uh you know if you if you're a person who likes cooking or likes watching cooking shows like this is just going to be so much food porn for you but even if you don't i just think that the the story itself is so sweet and and worthwhile that i hope people will check it out you know i know a lot of people are sort of like frustrated with this one because it got that uh, that accolade from France and was submitted to the Academy instead of everyone's favorite Anatomy of a Fall I kind of like this one a little bit more than Anatomy of a Ooh. Fall for being real it's, it's it's just a very sweet movie
0: bro I cannot find the vegan alert for this but damn was this the funniest <laughs> vegan alert for a movie if you know you know we're not even wasting time with that but if you know you know um, two you sent me the uh, press people they got back to me real quick, so thank you for reminding me that my hey. link expires at the end of this week. So I gotta get. To oh you.
1: shoot! Yeah, get on that, man. You gotta watch it. I, I need to. I need okay. to hear what dish you are most excited to try. All
0: right, I am. I am excited. I'm gonna pick whatever day I am the hungriest, probably Hump Day, and then go at it. So this will be my Valentine's Day movie to watch then at home, but uh, I think it will be playing at the Gene Sisko near us. So there is. There we go. There is. There is going to be a theatrical showing there, but awesome, cool, taste things
1: all right so uh, should we go through our picks for the week one more time
0: for sure uh, over here on my end and I don't even have him popped out of here so I'll just we'll, we'll display it like this uh, for me Vince Staples if you have a Netflix account do yourself a favor and get to know this man because I I think the more you know him the funnier the show is but you can mm-hmm. still kind of get the grasp of it you get what a rapper in America is like and what they have to go through. And they play yeah. off that very well. Abbott Elementary, uh, you've been seeing Quinta everywhere. She's now in two Super Bowl ads. She is a, what, Golden Globe, Emmy, Everything winner. It is insane that we were covering Black, was it a Black sketch, black Lady Sketch Show? Sketch Show, Way back yeah. when. She was in it. She knew she was so good that she went and did her own thing. God bless the following seasons of that show. They haven't been good at, <laughs> se- at season one, but look who... You know, invested everything on in herself. Who emerged, now has, yeah. yeah. one of the best ones out there. So uh, shout out Abbott Elementary, another show to catch as it's on its third season. And then Dune, the reissue. It is out in IMAX. And let me tell you, uh, there is a difference. I still love the movie having watched it cropped again in this new theater. The sound was good. Chairs were fantastic. But that IMAX just makes the difference. If you're a person who's like, oh, IMAX doesn't mean anything to me. Sure, maybe you like watching cropped Instagram pictures. Maybe, like, posting to Twitter and having your things not be organized the way it should be. But the man directed it in a certain way, and damn, does it make a difference. Do yourself a favor. Catch Dune, the reissue in IMAX before Dune 2.
1: All right, great picks. My picks this week are Monolith, a really creepy and effective small-time indie thriller that's got some supernatural qualities, too, about a journalist who turns to podcasting and uncovers a strange phenomena occurring from some people. Worth checking that one out. Also worth by, checking right? out. Uh yeah, from South by last year. Uh also worth checking out is the Denis Villeneuve series at the film at Lincoln Center. If you haven't had the chance to see some of this master's works on the big screen from arrival to an enemy to Ansendiz to Polytechnique and more. Uh it is playing in New York. So if you're in the city, a great chance to catch those movies uh, at a great theater, um, you know how to pronounce prisoner. Prisoner.
0: <laughs> in a minute, I don't know. We're gonna come. Yeah, we're gonna come in with the dumbest, <laughs> the fake in.
1: pronunciations, and then and then call him Denis Villeneuve.
0: <laughs> and and that's the one thing that we should expect. <laughs> is he gonna be there?
1: I actually don't think he is, but may, maybe well, they'll announce him point. late. Yeah, yeah. We have got a lot of um, shows
0: to go to. There's a lot of awards.
1: Yeah, he's got to talk to Christopher <laughs> Nolan a few more times or something. Um, and then my last pick for the week is one of my favorite international films of the year. It is the Taste of Things, the absolutely scrumptious film out of France that will warm your heart and satiate your soul.
0: I heard it's so good. You could be a vegetarian, and even they will love it. Yeah, it's As that. As the veg says, it's, it's that, that delicious. Good. It's that delicious, but that is all for this week's show. A long one over here, going through all of the movies, TV. We had some extra Sundance pick news. I mean, we also did have a whole Super Bowl trailer. Which, speaking it's of, it's a busy week. You win anything? Nah, man, I, I showed
1: up too late to the to do ah. some squares. I was at a busy ah. weekend.
0: I almost had it, bit. Pacheco you? couldn't score a damn touchdown. No, Pacheco didn't score a touchdown, bro. Uh, <laughs>
1: shout, shout out to New Jersey. Way,
0: whatever. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> um, hey, shout out the Nickelodeon draft. That one was pretty funny. The, the, Did you version. catch the New- Nickelodeon broadcast at all? I, I should have caught more of it. I kept hopping yeah. on it on my phone, and my, my brother was like, turn that off. Because it was just SpongeBob like, laughing. <laughs> But seeing all the aftermath of it, I hope there's a recording. I will run through it again just to see them. Yeah, ad lib for four hours as SpongeBob. Yeah, that's 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 mad respect. Shout out Tom uh, Kenny. Hey, shout out to them for sure. Uh, but that is all for this week's show. You can find more from me at LME Movies on all social media, Twitter, Letterboxd, YouTube, where I'll be coming up with some stuff for all of the uh, new releases. We're working on Argyle and Lisa Frankenstein. Got to make sure I put how nice. much Zach loved it uh, when I mentioned that. But Zach, where can people catch more from you?
1: You can catch me at Z Shevich across social media for more of my thoughts, including my Letterboxd reviews, or you can find more videos from me at multiplex show on YouTube, on Instagram, and on TikTok, where I think the next thing I'm working on is like the Oscars feast for this year. Got got some more punny names to offer. Yeah, good ones. I got a couple. I got to go. A couple decent ones. Are you saving it for? I'll will save it for when I can present the whole thing. I you don't I don't want to give saving you saving it for March. <laughs>
0: for for I March, I don't care what you make. I want to know PM. who's eating it.
1: <laughs> no, that, that's I, actually I'm concerned
0: about the guests.
1: No, that's the, the thing. I made the ball. Yeah, I, I made. I made them all, it. and I'm gonna have to figure out how to eat all this stuff this weekend. I'm I'm trying to invite <laughs> some friends over I'm so saying, that I don't you need have to. I'm the table, bro. Yeah, dude, I'm doing a whole minestrone. That that's the one thing I'll give away.
0: That... You forgot to put open on the board, bro. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so if you don't not to play this you, weekend, you, let me know. You don't do you don't do little dishes at
1: all. This man make no, a minestrone. No, it's got to be party style. <laughs>
0: All we need is the party, but hey, we're going yeah. to be watching them together from uh, South by. So they're, I don't know, maybe, maybe yeah. there's a chance. Dry Freeze them, bringing them over. But uh, there we go. you can catch more from us over here on the Intercup podcast every week. A reminder that you can listen to every episode of this podcast on iTunes, Anchor, Spotify, or whatever your favorite podcatcher is. You can catch the live show video every here. Every here, every Monday, uh, where we talk about all the good stuff for two something hours until we run out of words and what to say. Um, next week, we are looking at trying to get a lot of stuff. Ahead before we go into South by, so there is uh, a couple more reviews we're looking to make. There's definitely a Cohen Brothers bracket, which, again, as Zach mentioned earlier, for the patrons, we're gonna kind of be going through uh, a lot of those picks with y'all. Um, even a Denny one, and we have alternates for both brackets, so that's gonna be an interesting thing to break down. So, um, a big shout out to all of those inner cuties who have been listening live, all of the patrons we're gonna talk to in a little bit, all the iTunes listeners who leave us that five-star review. Thank you very much. Again, thank you guys for watching the show. Don't forget to comment, drop a like, follow all the socials down below, and until next time, keep watching movies. We'll see you all in Arrakis.